hello, hello, and welcome to episode 74 of Cutscene Combos. We have got an absolutely stacked episode this week. Our character profile is on Mr. Terrific. We will be covering Secret Invasions, episode 3 and 4, mm. um, as well as the San Diego Comic Con saved. Ooh, we'll find out. Um, the the dominating bit of news by far is going to be the uh, Saga Astra have joined um, the striking community as well as the WGA. Um, before we get into more generic news and then wrap up with the content championship, which is the one I've been dreading the most, I think. The Mandalorian versus Breaking Bad. It's going to get tasty. But before all that good stuff, Horizontal, how have your last couple of weeks mm. been? How have my last couple of weeks been? What have I been up to? I can't, honestly, it's like it feels longer than two weeks since we did this. Like one week off for whatever reason feels like we've had a month off. It always does though. Um, but I think that's just going from like doing it every week. But I mean, my week's been pretty quiet in terms of work. Wrapped up a couple of side projects. Wrapped up your project, which. Uh, you debuted on stream last night. Yeah. Um, super happy with how that turned out. Um, yeah, work things kind of quiet at the moment. Trying to look for some new bits here and there. Um, other than that, spending a lot more time with the girlfriend now she's moved up north, which is nice, getting to see her more regularly. Been doing a lot of jobs for my mate helping them get moved into the house. Been a proper little DIY handyman for the past two weeks, but do a, get paid in pizza and beer. Can't complain. Hey, there's worse ways to get paid. There, there is worse ways to get paid. I'd rather that than just not get paid. So True, true, true. Um, but yeah, it's been good. Been a good couple of weeks. Other than that, just gaming. Playing a lot of this battle bit that's kind of so, yeah, so much fun honestly it's so worth playing um but yeah how how's mr holiday man himself been oh it's it's been chaos um <laughs> what so we, we finished filming on thursday yeah um friday was work do a little bit of packing edit mm -hmm. content for two weeks upload content for two weeks mm. Saturday was an ordination. So for those who don't know what that is, when you become a, a vicar, a reverend, a priest, a deacon, there yep. is a ceremony for that. And one of mine and my girlfriend's friend's fathers right. was being ordained. Um, and we said two years ago when he first started this process that once it comes time for his ordination, we'd love to come if he has... The ability to invite us so we got our invite a couple months back and that was that then sunday was finishing packing i was in work monday oh. so i got up at quarter past eight monday morning right and i did not go to bed until i was in um tenerife on the tuesday night bam because our flight was like early hours 7 a.m. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and obviously you need to be there two hours before, which is five. Yeah. So we had our car booked in to be dropped off um, at the airport at like quarter to five. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like an hour's drive to the airport. Nice. So it's like... Yeah. Quarter to... Four. Four. So it was like three o'clock or whatever we had to leave or be awake by. So I was like, well, by the time I'm like in from work and done my usual stuff, You've it's going to be like 11 yeah. o'clock at night, at which point it's just four hours to stay up. And I'm one of them people, if I sleep for less than five hours, it does me more harm than good. Yeah, so I just powered straight through like a stream that Monday night and I literally just didn't go to sleep after it. Um, <laughs> and then I was just, I was just, uh, it was, it was great. It was all inclusive. It was adults only. I just, I ate three meals a day. I drank a lot. I went to the gym every day. Oh, included gym. Yeah, there was a, there was a gym on the top floor. I went up there and I did an hour on the Things treadmill every single morning. People don't usually do on that holiday. I know. You, you got to remember, for like the last eighteen months, I've not really stopped. Yeah. And as a result, like you with could, like us yeah. as like dopamine centered individuals, doing literally nothing would have just had me going bored <laughs> um so i like i needed to have like this small sense of accomplishment every day like you did something productive so i was like oh. fuck it i'll go walk on the treadmill for an hour so i was burning like a thousand calories every day working out so like nice. i've gone to this all-inclusive holiday gorged um, on food and alcohol and and i've come back the exact same weight <laughs> i was so Can't i was complain. so impressed i was like fucking result perfect way to do it to be honest then we got back um wednesday morning mm-hmm. so again got up tuesday morning that was our last day checked out dust about the hotel until yeah. we had to head to the airport at like seven got on our flight at 10 o'clock mm-hmm. arrived back in the uk at 2 a.m drive home got like two three hours sleep yeah. um then got up and just cut that on Wednesday, and then back to work today. It's That's been, the real world. It's, yeah, it's been it's been lovely, but busy. Like it was bookended by just chaos. Yeah. It was very chill in between, and then just either end it was like, Ugh. yeah. Um, but it's been good. I'm excited to be back. I definitely needed it. I feel refreshed and alive and ready oh, to man. go. We love um, that. We do indeed. So shall we uh, get into it? We shall. As it's quite a big one. It is. Ooh. Um, Mr. Terrific. Mm. We will get into why um he's been chosen later on. Um, for those in the know, you done know, and now you're gonna get to know. Um, this Mr. Terrific character profile is all pre 2011 slash New Fifty Two relaunch. It doesn't appear that he's been used in the same way since the relaunch, based on the research I could do. Okay. Okay, so let's get into this. Michael Holt, aka Mr. Terrific, first appeared in Spectre Volume 3, number 54, all the way back in June 97, before I was even born. Sounds like it's been a while since you've done a character profile on an older character. I was born in 97. Yeah, you were like 12. I was two. (laughs) I was two. Um, Holt's abilities, mm-hmm. as he calls it, is a natural aptitude for having natural aptitudes. So what this basically <laughs> means is he's got he's he's got a natural ability to just get stuff. 
Okay. Yeah, so you know, like you know, like when you'd like you'd find like your sport or your activity you're good at, and mm. just naturally before like trying hard, you're already like a Decent bit enough. better than yeah, everyone yeah, else. Yeah. That's his thing. He is just by default better than everyone at everything. Like before putting his mind to anything, he's already gets it to a certain level. Got you. But because he's like that with everything, it also means he's really good at getting better at stuff quickly. Mm. Um, so even before becoming a superhero, he yep. had 14 PhDs. Ranging Jeez. in subjects like engineering, physics, law, psychology, chemistry, political science, computer science, mathematics. My guy literally went yes to all degrees. He was also he's also a self made multimillionaire from his high tech firm. Yeah, makes um, sense. And he's also got an Olympic medal, an Olympic gold medal in the decathlon. Oh. Which for anyone who's not a big Olympics fan, the decathlon is 10 events yep. and is by far the most impressive gold medal to have. Um, and it also just shows off like what we're talking about, the fact that he's just good yeah, at everything. Yeah, yeah. The decathlon is 10 completely separate events that you have to do well in. Yep. Um, however, all of these skills, accolades and knowledge weren't enough to save Holt from tragedy. As his older <sighs> brother, his wife, his his wife, not his older brother's wife, his wife and his unborn child all died. Oh. This left Holt depressed and contemplating suicide. The Spectre, which is um, essentially one of God's angels in the DC universe, mm -hmm. um, which is funny because um, even to this day, Holt is an atheist. Um. Yes intervened and taught him about Terry Salome, who was the original Mr. Terrific. Okay. Um, the Golden Age Mr. Terrific. Um, learning more about his story, he became inspired. Um, he took on the name and joined the JSA. Oh, okay. Uh, Justice Society of America, mm -hmm. for those who don't understand the acronym. Um, eventually, he did become the J JSA's chairman. Oh, okay. Um, basically, there was a battle between an old chairman and the current chairman at the time. I forget who was who. Mm -hmm. um, and it got so divisive that eventually, even though he wasn't running, everyone decided he was the best person to lead. So he yeah. reluctantly took the role. Um, as a result of this taking of becoming the JSA chairman, he developed a little bit of a friendly rivalry with his Justice League of America counterpart, Batman. Ah. Um, although they have a mutual respect, there is definitely a friendly rivalry there. Mm -hmm. um, and through time travel, um, Michael Holt has also been able to meet his predecessor, um, Terry Sloan, who, when they meet, met, Terry Sloan was overjoyed and beamed with pride at his worthy successor. Uh -huh. um, so, a couple of really unique things about Mr. Terrific is, although he's like elite level at everything, mm. he's also invisible to technology. So, he has what he calls his T-spheres and his okay. iconic T-shaped mask. 
Okay. And the technology that they use basically hide him from any kind of electro detection. He's invisible to cameras. He can't be picked up by sonar, stuff like that. It all just yeah. ignores him, which, as I'm sure you can imagine, comes in pretty handily. Yeah. Um, it does. He was also called upon to save Catwoman's life okay. um, by Batman. Um, and when they were reforming the Justice League after one of the big events, mm. Batman was adamant that they had to try and get Mr. Terrific because of how much he can bring to the table. Yeah, because he sounds OP. <laughs> he is. He is. You know, like when you're a kid and mm. you're coming up with your characters for these silly little games, and you're like, mm. no, my guy's faster than your guy, and he's stronger than your guy, and he's smarter than your guy. He wants all he, the. All he, the he's Mr. He's Mr. Terrific. He's terrific at everything. Yeah, it just makes me think of like when D players like meta build the most strong OP character they can. It's like, oh, I have a subclass in all these different classes because that means I'm good at everything. Yeah, it's um, it is min maxing a uh, yeah. Comic book <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um. But he's also very interesting. He describes himself as the third smartest man on the planet. Um, which is wild. Imagine imagine having the self-awareness to go, you know, I have 14 PhDs and I've made it so that technology can't detect me. But I'm only the third smartest Donny Sutton about. Um, his company, Holt Industries, uh-huh. I believe is currently owned by Wayne Enterprises. Um, he sold it to Bruce Wayne. He basically, my understanding is, he didn't have the ability to run the company safely anymore. Right. Um, and he only trusted Bruce Wayne slash Batman to yeah. look after the technology his company possessed. So he sold his company to Wayne Enterprises. Makes sense. No sense of funds. Um, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. But Mister Terrific has been confirmed as being mm. in Superman Legacy. Which stuff. is very exciting. And it continues on James Gunn's um, legacy of trying to find less well-known mm. and popular characters and give them a little bit of a limelight. So yeah. it will definitely be interesting. It will indeed. Secret Invasion. Yes. It's two... a spicy boy. <laughs> two weeks. We've got two episodes and... I'm going to say now we're going to blend between the two because it's yeah. going to be hard to remember where one ended. Also, like, important things have happened or got revealed. Because of the way, the nature of this show, things have already been revealed in episode four that happened at the end of episode three. So it's just easier to kind of, like, blend them together. Yeah. So where we left off was Nick Fury rocking up at home. Yes. To my wife. Yes. Who is a scroll lady. And everyone was questioning, does he know she's a scroll? Yeah. Um we got the answer that very quickly that he did indeed know she was a scroll. Yep. Through some flashbackiness we saw how um, like she wooed him. Yeah. It's just it's crazy, man. There's just so much going on. We knew we knew after episode two that they were working on a super scroll system. Mm-hmm. Now, there were arguments on the internet about is Rhodey a scroll? Isn't Rhodey a scroll after firing Nick Fury and calling him Nick instead of calling him Fury and chaos. So 
it's this is where like things are gonna get messy talking about this because it's two episodes and the nature of the show like yeah the, the show itself is messy um it was in episode three like so like we talked about nick fury got wooed by the scroll episode three makes you believe oh this was kind of just like they fell for each Good other luck. um obviously she had a human form kind of made you could see like how it could have happened you're like yeah i feel like episode four just like I, that she manipulated the shit out of him because <laughs> the way she describes the fact that like she purposefully picked the visual that she wanted to go for in order to let make him let his guard down so she could infiltrate like it all just comes down to like was it really that she she this was was this really true love or was she just always trying to just scam him was she playing the long game some of the writing in this show is genuinely some of the best writing we've seen from marvel it's been um, really good and and unfortunately that seems to be like a hot take that a lot of people disagree with i don't i while i don't want to give it too much time it seems like people have decided they're going to hate this show because it, I, I, to me at least it doesn't feel like a lot of people are giving it a fair shake i think people it's I, do you know what i think's happening it's the same thing that happened with one division which was Everyone's like, oh, this is weird. This is like, it keeps changing its thing every episode. Like, oh, this is shit. And then now down the line, people are like, oh, shit. Wonder Vision was actually really fucking good. And it's the same with this. Like, people are like, this makes no sense. I'm too confused. Like, people are acting weird. This isn't Nick Fury. Acting. Like, he's not acting. Um, um, this, is a Mar- this isn't the Marvel that I know. Like, yeah. And they're just scrapping it off when it's like, this is precisely the sort of show where like you need to see it through and you will get answers like we've had answers across two episodes for things that we were questioning after episode two yeah 100 percent. because bringing up the point of view with like, the discussion that happened around roadie i saw a thing that like people were like oh nick fury says like no one calls him nick and that's how in captain marvel so that's how, like, you knew. And then everyone's like, well, Rhodey called him Nick, so Rhodey's a scroll. You weren't fully convinced. And I think... Yeah, so, well, I know where I this think... comes from. It's because it, there's other points in films where actors... Like, the characters use characters Nick. Characters him Nick, yeah. Um, the moment I realised that Rhodey was definitely a scroll was when they broke into your man's house and he kicked the door in and went, no one calls me Nick. I was like, okay, cool, yeah, Rhodey's a scroll then. Yeah, so there was that. Um, but also, like, do you know what I think? Them choosing to have, like, the Nick thing, be like his thing, his tell of, like, no one calls me Nick, is a purposeful thing because, like you did, they know they've used it. Like, they, like, they know they've used it in like other films. Like he's been referred to as Nick by like um, Tony Stark and I think uh, Cap did once. Cap, I think. yeah. It's like they know that's happened. So like they've done it on purpose. I think purely to like what happened with you, where like you doubted 
that like you you started doubting the reasoning of like oh he is a scroll like well no maybe not maybe it's just the, the way it's for it but like you said the whole thing about he kicked the door and he's like and no one calls me nick and then at the end of episode three um the phone call that his wife i'm putting yeah. like she gets everyone immediately was like that sounded like roadie yeah. that was roadie's voice and in that point it's like okay well roadie's a scroll now, when did Rhodey become a scroll? Uh, Kevin Feiger's confirmed he's been that way for a while. Okay, I thought you were about to say like, so my thought it's a little game now where people need to go back and work out. Do you want to know exactly when he became a scroll? Hmm. I can tell you exactly when. No, I can't tell you what film, but I can tell you the point you're looking for. The second Rhodey starts giving a fuck about the government side of his job. Mm, yes. The moment he pivots from just being an army man to doing more government stuff, that's when he became a scroll. Right around there. I think it's although although would it not be fucking hilarious if they revealed that actually he's been a scroll since Iron Man two, and then Terence Howard comes back to be Rhodey again? Stop. Would that not be comedy though? Everyone would. They, they hate... won't do that. They they won't do that purely because Terence Howard's lost his fucking mind yeah. and think maths works differently. Um, but that would be comedy. It would be wild if they did that. But I, my guess is it's after Civil War. It will be after Captain Marvel at least. It be or well, Captain Marvel was. Um, I mean, in release order, not chronological oh. order. I was going to say, chronologically, yeah. Well, technically, yes, it would be after Captain. Um, no, I think it's after he got injured. And I can't... It was either during the blip when Nick Fury's gone. And it, like, that was kind of, like, where the government stuff started taking over for Rhodey. But I think it maybe more around like iron man 3 when he was becoming war machine and more like government army based wasn't he like he was more like fighting for their side okay so since captain marvel came out uh-huh we've had avengers endgame far from home captain marvel didn't come out after infinity war did it yeah cuz it came out to explain um so she could rock up in Endgame. Do you ever just get like a completely different version of events in your head? Okay, one sec. Yeah. Um, when Happens a lot. did Rhodey? You got oh, injured in Civil War. No, I'm trying. I'm trying to work out when he started working directly in the government. I don't know if it ever was. Because basically, ever since he took. Ever since he became War Machine, he's played a more military role. And then I think, I, I would guess it was after Civil War. Yeah, because he, he was Team Iron Man. Yeah, because he was Team um, Military and Government, essentially. Yeah. Then he got injured. And then there's a, po I can't remember which film it is, but there's a thing where it's like, he's walking for now. And I and Tony's like, oh, like the tech's helping you then. Like, that's the point where, like, you could then easily fake a switch. Mm. Like, maybe it wasn't tech that healed him. Maybe a scroll took over and a scroll was just walking normally and it was like, oh, he's healed. 
Um, so, Captain America Civil War, mm-hmm. um, Doctor Strange came out, and Doctor Strange, before he had his crash, there was a reference to Rhodey's accident. Yeah. Then we have Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, wait, no, that's not the right one. I'm thinking of I'm not, I'm... Far From Home. So we know Nick's a Skrull in Far From Home, which is after Endgame. I'm going to say, did Rhodey get dusted? I don't no, think he, he did. No, I, he think it's the, I think it's happened in the blip. Yeah, it, once Nick Fury's gone. Nick Fury's gone. Um, so Talos did the call, didn't he? Or he put the call out for more of them to rock up. Gravix yep. was making moves. It was right around then. It's somewhere in the blip where Rhodey's had to step into a more like government facing superhero position. It's it is definitely somewhere between Civil War and Infinity War. Mm. Civil would... War is probably the earliest it could have happened. Yeah, I think and Infinity maybe War blip. is the latest it could have happened. The problem is he doesn't make any appearances between mm. Civil War and Infinity War. For I us f- to notice any difference. Yeah. I think infinite uh, blip timeline blip, like around then makes the most sense. But wild that like we people were calling it obviously after episode two, but there was a bit of unsure like what's going on. And then we've had more revealed in episode four now about who is Rhodey. It's some female scroll. Yeah, that was the craziest bit to me. Because like when we saw them in the shower, obviously you can see it's a female. Then they put the town. I'm like, oh, who's this gonna be? Yeah. And next Rhodey, I'm like, oh, that really but, has thrown me off. No, uh, things that I noticed was like the way she got out of the shower, and then like the the way that she like wiped the mirror, like out of frustration, and turned to Rhodey, like wipe, wipe. It. One very smart way to hide VFX and transitions. Mm-hmm. Two, it kind of gave the vibe of like. They don't want to be Rhodey. No. And it's like begrudgingly having to like still be in this skin that they probably don't want to be in. Um, but I feel like in episode four, they they did a very cle- like they've been very clever with it. Now that we know as the viewer, that Rhodey came, like, even though it's same actor, don't you? Like, he did it in a way that, like, it didn't feel like Rhodey. Like, there was something yeah. felt off about how they, like, the persona of how they were being. And it, it's like... It felt it felt like it was still Rhodey, but it did feel different. And it was, like, similar enough that you're like, oh, I can see why people are falling for this, mm. but different enough that you're there like, oh, you evil fuck. It yeah, you're like, this doesn't balance. feel like how, Ro- like, the way Rhodey would handle things. Um... Then there's like the moment, the bit that's wild to me, right, is at the end, like we're jumping around, but at the end of episode four with the whole like um, convoy and everything's fucking popping off, like shit's going down and he's just sat there in the car chilling. Like surely one of the American like secret service would be like, "Uh, excuse me, Colonel, can you put on the war machine suit and help us out? Like why is no one questioning the fact that he's just chilling there, just in the car? Unless, like, real questions. I wonder if, like, the scroll, whether the war machine suit needs to be. I don't know if them shape changing won't match their DNA, right? Maybe there's some, like, 
As far as I know, scrolls can convince DNA scanners. Oh, okay. I was wondering if there's like um, some way that the Iron suit wouldn't work. But the I suppose only it... logical reason I can give for it would be they're they're on a political mission. Yeah, so he's would, not got it. Would would another country let a foreign government official bring essentially a WMD into the country? Probably not. No, and, and, if, I, that... and if you're trying to scoot under the radar as like, mm. oh, I'm behaving as this person yeah. would, Rody wouldn't rock up to Britain with the war machine suit because it sends the wrong message. I, I, yeah. I think you're right along that. And in the sense of, I wonder if, as he, fake Rody has lent more into this political position, maybe it's like, he doesn't really get the suit out anymore. No one probably expects him to because he's in a different place now. It's like, oh, if there's a matter, like, world-ending matter, like, he'll rock it out. But maybe the military probably scared that it might end up in the wrong hands. Or like, you can't be letting a government official cut about blowing yeah. shit up. So they they probably keep it well under lock and key. So, but it was just funny seeing him sat there. Um, I'm trying to think what else. But oh, we obviously episode three we saw the meeting happen between um, Talos and um, Gravix. Gravix uh, was not expected Talos to just stab his hand with a knife. Talos is such a badass. Like, when he wants to be, and he's not trying to, like, dance around hurting people, like, he just, like, if he just got on with it, he could have got this over so much quicker. It's, um, you know what it's giving? It's giving, like, grizzled old James Bond who's been, like, forced back into a situation he doesn't want to be in, and you just see them flashes of how dangerous he actually is. Yeah, and he's like, we don't. Like, surely there's no way around this or whatever. But we also, in episode three, we saw, like, Gravix took the that meeting of officials that we'd seen in episode two, brought them to his little base, and was like, yeah, we're going to become super scrolls. I was like, oh, okay, they're all going to get, like, one power each. Um, Knowing that we'd seen in the trailer Gravix has the Groot arm, I was like, okay, well, Gravix gets Groot arm. Interesting to see what the others get. I wasn't expecting him to also have the heat. Extremis, yeah. Yeah. And he just, like, gets stabbed in the hand, and then he just rips his hand out and he heals. That was brutal. Something I saw someone make a point is, like, the heat extremis, yes, you get healing factor, you don't get no pain. And that man no, just, no, like, stone... Like yeah, that man was just stone-facing everything, and we saw more of you, that in episode four. You've got to remember, he was a child soldier. Well, yeah. Like... I'm, I'm not saying he's what he's alien. doing is right at all. I'm not saying what he's doing is right at all. But, like, he's going to have to be a pretty tough motherfucker to have got through what he's got through already mm. in his life. Yeah, faced war, come to another planet. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting. That mean, The fact that he's got the powers makes me believe then all the count those, that little council of scrolls um... They must all have them in some capacity. No. No? You think My just him? My thought process is everyone gets one apart from him. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not thinking he, they all have multiple. But I mean, it's in the sense of like, they've all now become Super Scrolls. I'd imagine so. Which is wild because that's about like five of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to get spicy. 
Um, now, episode three, the end. Yeah. We obviously Gaia kind of revealed Done. herself as the mole by mm-hmm. helping her dad. Which that was well, the, that was wild as well. Well, that was really interesting because like. When he made the phone call in the car, I was like, okay, this is bait. Don't fall for the bait. Yeah. She fell for the bait, and I was like, oh, shit, it's going to go bad. Then he calls her up to get more information so they can stop the attack. Uh-huh. And then she like goes down, like, oh, she's definitely going to get caught doing this. And then she just attacks the guards. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. She's just going to do that and escape them. We're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, And then Gravix just cuts her off at the exit. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I saw a thing online after that episode where it was like, Someone's like, I don't believe she's dead. There was a period, like, there was enough time where maybe she went and zapped herself. So this person was on the theory that, like, she ran and got, made herself into Super Scroll, knowing that she probably would get cut off and not make it out alive. Um, episode four obviously revealed that was the case. Which is just fucking genius. Yeah. And. Because I saw some people like, oh, she's just faking it. Like, she turned herself into a scroll, so she he thinks... I don't think that... I think it genuinely was, like, she died for a moment. But then, like, the, the power healed her. I also like the... I thought it was interesting, the fact that she's so, like, instinctually in that human skin that even when she came back to life, she immediately, without, like, even a chance to think, her body reverted back into human form. Um... But what I thought was wild is, like, how has Gravix not noticed that, like, the bike and the body are gone? <laughs> like, has no one know? Like, no, did he not tell anyone to go clear up a body? Did he just leave it there? Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't that the main exit out. <laughs> like, surely someone would have realized, hang on, what, there's no body here anymore. Um, Interesting, though, that she's got, I think, just the one power, I'm guessing. We, we We've only been confirmed it's the one. I imagine it is only the one. My thought process would be you have to go and undergo the process every time. And the way they're going to prove that Gravix is so much more of a threat is that he managed to, like, giga chad that four times to get all four powers. Um, yeah, well, it's like an intensity thing. One. And if yeah. you put, like, four, it's just wild. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was cool. But then I also very interesting episode four that she... You immediately think, oh, okay, she's going to team up with her dad then. And then she's like, nah, dad, your idea sucks, Celia. That that was really interesting. She goes to meet her dad, and she's like, okay, I don't agree with his plan. What's your plan? And then he and she's like, no, that's a shit plan as well. Why do you all have shit plans? Fine, I'll do it myself. Yeah, fuck you, I'm off on my own. And he's yeah. like, oh, wait, this is not how I expected it to go. Um. Oh, something in episode three. I thought it was really funny how we had, like, uh fury and talos were like an old married couple that whole episode the whole like coming to the the pub to meet him and he was just like tell us i need your help (laughs) like he made him say it and then the whole thing in the car of like they were literally forgot tell us forgot what they were doing and they were just bickering about who helped who get into like fury only got to the position he did because of talos and it's like oh i helped you get to it it was a very I funny gave you dynamic. To fucking live. Yeah, it was a very interesting dynamic. And now that we've seen that, like, 
Fury's wife, who actually was trying to scam him. Talos and Fury were more of a married couple than his actual wife. Well, it's interesting, wife. because they clearly do care about each other to some level. Well, I think Fury cared for her, but I think he now feels like she was just playing him the whole time. I think the kind of mutual understanding is we both care for each other. Um, and when they both shot and deliberately missed, well, yeah. that was them killing their care for one another. So now they're just strangers again, as stupid as that sounds. Well, yeah, that's the so like You, you get one. You yeah. get one. Um, and now they're back to just being strangers. But I do think they both genuinely cared for each other. Um, yeah. Even if it wasn't as husband and wife. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else went down. Obviously, the whole like, I saw an interesting point someone made on for episode four about like, graphics is like do it loud and big like the Russians. Uh, Russians wouldn't do that. Russians KGB just poison people. They do it quietly. Like that kind of shows that graphics doesn't actually really understand how some of these races do things. Yeah. He's just perfect. Like all he's thinking is like. Make them know it's Russia, so then they think, oh, we'll attack Russia. He's just trying to cause yeah. a war. But like, Remember, just Russian. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really liked, sad, sad as it was, I, I really enjoyed the way they did like Talos, the end of Talos. Like, him getting shot and being stuck in, like, the, the process of him dying was him losing control of staying human. And like the the they, I swear the whole effects budget probably just got blown on that one scene, um, because like for them to do that like merge of him losing his shapeshift like partly, um, was really well done, like they made sure that didn't look janky at all. So props to the to the production VFX for that. At what uh, point did you realize it was Gravix helping Talos up? Um. As he was walking him over, I was like, this doesn't feel right. The There was a moment before he said, let me help you, where there was like silence for like just what felt like a beat too long. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> you, know, yeah. like, like, you know, like how like shots have like timings and that. And even if you don't count mm -hmm. out, you know when something lingers. Yeah. That silence just lingered like a second too long and I was like, mm, don't like this. Alarm bells. <laughs> yeah, I think there was like a, sh for me, there was like a shot, I feel like there was a shot over the shoulder of them like carrot, like walking him and I was like, this doesn't feel right that like he's getting him over, like Fury was gonna come back for him. And then it kind of clicked that I was like, why would the guy that freaked out about him being an alien now be happy to like more than happy to help him? Uh and then yeah. The the face shot on Gravix was brutal. And the way that he just like healed from it as well. A panic in Fury's face when he saw him heal from that as well. Yeah, like the and the realization Gravix could have avoided getting shot. He mm -hmm. deliberately let Fury shoot him just so Fury knew what he was dealing with. Oh yeah, he was like, I'm gonna let Fury shoot me so he knows that like shooting me in the face ain't gonna do anything. And because Fury knows what that power is and where it came from, and like he's seen what it did to like normal like he's seen how it affected humans that had it. He'll his brain will have gone, 
ah, shit, now we've got an alien with that power who's stronger mm-hmm. and more powerful. Like, this ain't good. Like, all that clicking of, like, oh, fuck, they've leveled up. Um, mm-hmm. I felt so, it felt so sad that he had to leave Talos's body. You can you can tell he was debating it because he really did not want to leave his best friend's body behind like that. Yeah. Which added so much to the brutality of the scene. It's It was such a tough, like... And then it just ended. And I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> um, I think next episode is the suit-up scene. Like, Fury's suit-up scene. He has lost... Every, he's lost his two close allies that we started with. Hill's gone. Also, oh, the fucking the the thing that he knows Rhodey's a scroll. He's gone to see him. The whole like playing the whisk is just him double checking things. Like he, that isn't yeah. his favorite drink. Um, he's getting hit like, and then he jokes about nanotech, but there is actually nanotech in it. Um, the that whole like kind of scene of him like testing him out. Yeah, it, it. Do you know what? It felt like a um boxers. Yes. Like feeling each other out. Um, but then Rhodey to go. Oh well, you try and do anything. I have like the biggest like gotcha card of like. Oh look, I know this footage isn't real. The U.S. government would know that this footage, like, there's enough people that know this isn't real and would keep it under wraps. But like, yeah, this just ruins any, like, would destroy Fury. Um, uh-huh. which is such like smart fucking card to have. Um, but yeah, it's all ended. Fury's lost everyone. Obviously, he's gonna get help off Gaia, but I think there's gonna be a bit of like, she's gonna be upset. Her dad's dead also just be like, well, this was his stupid plan didn't work. She's gonna go scorched earth and Fury's gonna have to rein her in. Mm, I think you're right. I think he's gonna let, like, she's gonna be the best chance of beating Garrett Gravix, because um, she has, she's super scroll now. Um, But then, yeah, she's gonna go too far and he's gonna have to try and Rain in. Otherwise, yeah, exactly that. the government and the world's just going to see all scrolls as this threat. Um, but yeah, I think we got the suit up. Me. I think we got the suit up scene. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how he reveals. Ro- and if we get at the end, like the real roadie back. Well, we can only assume that in that room we've seen a couple of times with everyone the machines pods. that Rhodey's in there somewhere. Yeah. I would. But yeah, the, the big thing is going to be finding out just how long Rhodey's been out. Does this Rhodey know that Tony's dead? Oh, shit. I didn't even think of that. Oh, that's brutal. If... <laughs> oh. What what if I want? I don't think we're gonna get this. There's not enough effort. There's only two episodes left, right? Yeah. Six, so, I think we're gonna get right at the end. Real roadies like freed, and it'll be revealed like 
where how long it's been like what was the last thing he remembers and everyone's gonna be like holy shit but i don't think I, i'd like uh, like a moment of like roadie goes back to his office or whatever and he he has like a video from tony that fake roadie never gave a shit about but like he watches it it's like his final like tony's final words to roadie or something and that's our way of getting uh rdj back just for a for a moment as uh, as tony stark but i don't think we'll get that i love it but i don't think we'll. it's gonna be interesting though to see how this because right the theory like this has got to wrap up with gravis getting stopped one would think um so we've got two episodes to do that in the pacing's been good so far it has i am slightly concerned that two episodes isn't enough to wrap it up though i think next episode will be suit up from fury there's going to be a big clash or big reveal of like scrolls are here um and some of those like ones in official positions will get like made um and then I think it'll only be in the last episode that, like, the clash between Gravix and Fury happens. Yeah. I... We know Fury is in the Marvels. Yes. I'm still not convinced that Fury survives this, though. Have you seen the theory that there might be two Furies? What, even in this show? Yeah. Oh. There's a theory that one of the like one of the furies we've been seeing is Talos's wife, and she never actually died, and she's been helping Fury like personally. Um, Interesting. Because there's a few times of like how Fury and Talos have interacted is almost like a husband and wife interacting. I think it's a far fetched theory, but it could explain these kind of like two sides we've been seeing of Fury a little bit. You know what else I will say quickly? Completely irrelevant to the story. Go on. The de-aging of Samuel L. Jackson for these scenes in the past has been phenomenal. Yes. Uh, there was the one in this episode four where they were in that restaurant. What, uh, it, in 2012? Yeah, it was meant to be like New York. I felt it was a little... There was, I don't know what it was about it. Maybe it was just the lighting and the way the scene was. Something kind of made it feel. It definitely, like, it looked good and he looked de aged, but it kind of didn't match with, like, maybe it's just my memory of what he looked like in the 2012, like, in Avengers was. Maybe that's just off. But, like, in my head, I was like, it doesn't quite look like what I remember 2012 Samuel Jackson looking like. But. Then maybe that was just me. I I didn't notice anything like that personally, but I mean, it doesn't mean that it wasn't there. Mm, it might have just been like very small little details, but no, overall, like their de aging has been great. They've done a really good job yeah. with that. It doesn't surprise me no. though. They've got all no. that deep fake stuff from Lucas Films. I mean, it their... looked good in Captain Marvel when they did it as well. Yeah, true, it did. Um. So it's um it's gonna be an interesting one for sure to see how this wraps up. It it is. Um 
I still think there's going to be a, another big twist of someone. Yeah, who... I, th- I think there's something that's not even on our radar that's going to end up blowing our minds. Yeah, I agree. Um, right. San Diego Comic-Con. Yes. Was looking pretty dire at one point. It, it was looking quite concerning because some of the big boys weren't rocking up to play. Mm-hmm. Um, we hoped that maybe DC would be there. But unfortunately, Jeremy's going to say that they won't. Uh, but probably next year, he did say. Yeah. So. We're relying we've on got some things. stuff. Yeah, there's some good uh, stuff. With, still. With, with, with the news that's come out today, mm. this could all change again now. It could, actually. That's a good point. So, stuff that's been confirmed as of now, oh, yeah. or San Diego Comic-Con. Um, a panel on Gen V, which is the new boys spin-off being done by Prime, mm-hmm. um, which is about the super university that Vault run for their new heroes. Mm, sounds cool. Maybe I'll watch uh, that. Fucking headbutt you. <laughs> um, Invincible. They've got mm. a panel. Um, a- amongst things confirmed for this panel... Are season two discussions? Poggers? Did you watch season one of that? I'm gonna headbutt you. You do ha- need to watch season one of that. I have a long list watch list. Yeah, you really do, because season one of that is peak superhero. Content. I I have heard very good things about season it one. It is phenomenal. Um, so we're gonna get an update on season two, which is expected. I want to say like October this year. Okay. Like it, I'm pretty sure it's expected to come out this year, and season three's already been commissioned and worked on, so we might get more information on season three as well. Okay. Um, there's been rumours for a long time that they're also working on a video game, mm. and apparently we can be expecting an update on that at San Diego mm. Comic Con, as well as I believe it's a 20 year celebration for Invincible. Okay. So apparently they might be announcing some stuff to do with the 20th anniversary. Very cool. Which is pretty hoggers. What I will say is, um, while we're talking about it, mm-hmm. some people have been quite concerned because apparently, well, not apparently, the news has broken that season two of Invincible is going to deal with the multiverse. Okay. It, it's the way they do the multiverse in Invincible isn't the like... way everyone has done the multiverse in live action so far, with it just being fan service, fan service, fan service. Got you. There is a real proper story that goes ahead of it. They aren't just jumping on the multiverse bandwagon. They just happen to have collided with it. Um, But I, although I haven't got that far in the comics yet, all I've heard is the way they handle the multiverse is very, very well thought out and done, and it actually serves a purpose. Okay. Interesting. Um, So that's probably what I'm most excited for out of all this stuff. Yeah. Um, Something called Talk to Me. I don't know what that's about. I don't know who that's attached to. I don't know where no that's idea. for. I know nothing about that. So it'll be interesting to see if that's something we'll end up covering mm-hmm. or if that's something that we'll never talk about ever again. Um, Rick and Morty. Mm. Now, this is going to be interesting. So Justin Roiland has left all of his stuff. Um, yep. He has since been acquitted, not charged with anything. Um, but he's not come back to work on any of his productions, um, and he's yeah, gone for good. 
Yeah, I don't think we're um, Solar Opposites, yes. another one of his shows, have already replaced him and shown the clip of him being replaced. Which I love the way they did it. It is such classic Dan Harmon kind of goofy comedy writing. It's just um, like, we're just going to be right on the nose of it and not try and dance around this change of a voice. And like, let's do yeah. it in the like, like, to the point funniest way that's like, so, for those who haven't seen it, one of the characters throws a dart. It gets lodges in Justin Roiland character's throat. They get the voice fixing ray. They fire it at him. It was miscalibrated. So now, it's not just like someone doing an imitation of Justin Roiland. No. It's like a British actor. Yeah, it's a very British voice. It's just a completely different voice. Um, and he's like, oh, let me just fix this real quick. And then his partner the other alien who's just impaled him stops him and goes no this is working for me yeah um so like it's like they're not gonna dance around it no they know that everyone is expecting them to have to deal with this voice actor thing it's like the biggest, either... the biggest problem is just how many voices justin Roiland did for rick and morty the thing is right all the little side, a lot of the side characters, they can probably get away with like it sounding a bit different. People won't think the the only one that was really ever gonna be a difficult one is Rick. Rick and Moore. and Moore. He doesn't. Well, um, as well, yeah, but like you need those have such they're such distinct characters and distinct voices. You kind of needed someone who can do the voices that as well as possible, so it sounds the same. I think for the actual season series, like they are doing that, if I'm right. Um, I, I I don't know what what I haven't seen anything about what direction they're going. Whether they're going to completely new voices or if I they're think going they've for um got imitations. someone in to um kind of replicate the voices. You got to remember this this news of Justin Roiland won't have reached as many people as Rick and Morty will reach. Mm-hmm. So Solar Opposites, which is a bit smaller, and the success is built off of Rick and Morty, that's going to be more people who know about the drama. So they're like, oh, that's cool. And the ones um, that don't won't think Rick twice Mor- about yeah. it. Rick and Morty, as long as it's close enough, most fans won't give a fuck. No. Nah. They won't even notice that Justin Warren isn't working on it anymore. Yeah. Um, It'll definitely be interesting to see, though. Mm. Um, Next up, Spider-Man 2. Yes. I don't know what more there is to show, but I will be there. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it will be maybe more game details on what other characters there are knocking about, maybe. Um, I would not be surprised. Maybe they'll show a little bit more gameplay. But, um, I will be there. Mm-hmm. No matter what, sure I will be, be I'm there. Sure I, I am sure it'll be good. I am in the process of procuring a pro, uh, PlayStation 5 so that I can play it on release because I'm not missing another Spider-Man game on release. I will not be doing that. Understand. Um, so that is, uh, that's on the procurement list as of right now. Very excited. Twisted Metal. I recognise the name, but I don't know what it is per se. Is it so, an anime? No. So Twisted Metal was a game years okay. ago. And there's a trailer for this. Um it's like a comedy oh um, it's the new thing with anthony mackie for yes Peacock. got you got you got you got you um there's um, a post-apocalyptic world he's like a runner between settlements and he has to deal with loads of shit yeah i'm pretty sure twisted metal was a game yes it was um 
and it was like a brutal car like you just smash through stuff um i never played it i knew of it the trailer that i saw very cheesy like post-apocalyptic fast and furious mm, yeah Am I wrong? <laughs> but like the the cl- i don't know if it's the actual trailer it was just a clip but it's like anfunimaki fighting the clown this clown dude yeah and it's like a bit that went viral like very cheesy and i worry maybe too like 2000s cheesy and it's not quite gonna hit very well i don't know it's one of those where i'm like i'm not so sure it could be really cheesy and really funny and it just works but then it might have the issue of like it leans too heavily into like trying to be cheesy video gamey like and it doesn't come across Uh, well that is a concern for sure so we'll see about that see what they have to show probably a new new trailer i'd imagine um good burger 2 again zero clue what that is no idea what that is um let's see if we can have a little google here and find anything good burger 1997 film okay so good burger 2 is a new film coming out um oh good good burgers fucking keenan and kel yeah i've just seen the picture and i'm like oh that's where that's from a film called good burger do you know what's funny like i know absolute cash grab that doesn't need to happen i instantly recognize the image of them and their like their work outfits in that film yeah and i'm like i had no idea that film was called good burger yeah okay cool so that that literally just has no reason to ever exist cool uh (laughs) moving on the continental um i assume that's based on the hotel from the john wick films i think it is yes i assume it's a tv show set in that hotel uh um, yes i'm pretty sure it's the uh spin-off that could be kind of cool um i feel like it's on like peacock or something uh yes i believe it is peacock original um so yeah that, sh- that should be cool obviously you know the, the the john wick line of films is definitely coming to an end but they obviously that the world that john wick set in is pretty cool so i'm not against spin-offs yeah. But they also definitely don't want to let that cash cow die. No, also that, yes. <laughs> um, Harley Quinn Season 4, the uh, animated show. I've watched the first two seasons of that. I've not watched Season 3 yet. Very, very funny. Very good. Give me more seasons. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's much more to say other than that. Yeah. Uh, the Walking Dead. Apparently, I didn't. this is still going. I, I I can only assume this is like spin-off shit. I know there's a couple of spin-off things taking the, place. Yeah, there is. I think maybe. the main show is actually done. I think there's just a million and one little spin-offs. There is a... Yeah, I do know there's a spin-off with Negan. The character Negan. Um, yeah, I mean... So, yeah. Just, just, let, just let it in. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. I don't know what the fuck's going on with this film, right? Originally, it was supposed to be coming out like middle of August. Right. Then I saw, I got an advert on YouTube last night saying July 31st. And then I got an advert on Twitter today saying August 2nd. Maybe they... Is this film coming out? (laughs) I don't fucking know. August 2nd on their Twitter account. Maybe it was going to be like 
Maybe they've bounced. Oh, wait. July 31st was a early access fan event. Is something Not, I'm saying. Yeah. Maybe that's well, I'm what not you saw. An advert with that date on it, though. Maybe they're trying to get people to buy tickets to it. Do they want me? <laughs> Maybe. Okay, so it's being released on August 4th in the UK. Okay. Well, so not even August 2nd, which is what I saw today. That's the US then. Um, so one sec, when is that? What do I feel like? Oh, that's a Friday. That makes sense. Um, so we've got that coming up soon, um, which is exciting. Um, so there's some good bits that are scheduled to happen at San Diego yes. Comic-Con. The big problem as of literally today mm. is, and it's going to be our next talking point, but I'll just add a little Touch bit of it. context here. Um, so the SAGASTRA, or the Screen Actors Guild, I don't know what the second part of the acronym stands for, are striking. Mm. Partially in support of the writers, but also they have some of their own issues that aren't being dealt with. And they were willing to keep negotiating, but having seen how the writers are being treated, they weren't confident they could trust the studios, so they're striking. So this is like the first time since 1960 they're all striking at the same time. Mm. So as a result of that, they're not allowed to do any press junkets, filmings, screen tests, anything. They're not allowed yeah. to touch a damn thing. They're not even allowed to act in front of a mirror. <laughs> they could not fake their own orgasms. <laughs> um, Jesus. So wild. I was not expecting that to go there. Oh, uh, holiday brain. The, 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 the brain just saw the joke yeah. and couldn't let it go. Um, so as a result, some of these bits for San Diego Comic-Con might be fucked. Yeah, well, we might have had like a director... Like, like what often happens at San Diego Comic-Con is like they showcase something and then director and actors come out on stage. It could be as much as just the director's there on his own. Yeah, because the writers um, aren't going to be there. The writers aren't going to be there. Uh, if there was going to be actors, probably not going to be there unless they're not part of the Screen Actors Guild. Um, Which a lot of these projects do have high-profile actors, yeah. I imagine would be. So it's... Um, yeah. Some be, it's some, a rough one. Some may or may not be there. We don't know. Um, like, I know um, the voice actor, Yuri, for Spider-Man 2. Hmm. He was going to be at San Diego Comic-Con. If he is under the Screen Actors Guild, because he's a voice actor who's done lots of main, major works, I wouldn't be surprised if he's under the Screen Actors Guild. He might not be allowed to go anymore. Yeah. But I don't know if because it's a game he's allowed to go. Um, but Sony also do films. I, I imagine it's just a blanket thing of like any press stuff. I imagine if it was just a game from just a pure game studio, he'd be fine. But the fact that Sony do films as well... And it's a Spider-Man be Yeah. Like, it's, it's techie. Yeah. Um, uh, so, like, San Diego Comic-Con was saved, but it now could be destroyed again. Yeah, and maybe Marvel and DC have dodged a bullet. Maybe. But, but you know what? Some of it, like, final touch of him, like we mentioned at the beginning, James Gunn said, that they're not there this year, but probably will be next year with DCU. We were worried that, like, maybe Marvel going forward wouldn't rock up to these San Diego Comic Cons anymore. And that maybe they're going to start keeping everything for D23. I think if James Gunn's like, yeah, we're going to be there with DC, and he is still committing to it, makes sense for him not to be there this year. Like, they've only just started. That, I think, will pressure Marvel into stick around. 
Um, well, I mean, getting on to D23, we're not going to see a fantastic forecast at D23. No. Because D23 is in September, isn't it? There's no way they're getting all this problem solved in two months. It's not going to no. happen. The, yeah, D23 is going to be... Wouldn't surprise me if it gets pushed back or something. I mean, if they're going to do anything, it's literally just going to be able to show snippets. There's not going to be able to be any conversation with anyone who's working on it. Writers are striking, actors are striking. So unless you're just going to get, like, Kevin Feige and... Who's the equivalent of Kevin Feige for Star Wars? Kathleen Kennedy? Yeah. Unless or you're going to get them to come Dave out with, Filoni like, clips of stuff. Dave Filoni will be part of the Writers Guild. True. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be surprised if he isn't at least. No, he will be. So, um, I, yeah. I, I think, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see because, and I feel like this is this point where we might as well just move on to yeah yeah let's let's, uh, let's get properly into it. Get on to talk about the whole strikes with the WGA and now the SAG. Like so, today yeah. the strikes begin on Friday. So li- literally tomorrow, as you're watching this episode. The strikes have begun. Their writers for a long time weren't getting any like there was no headway being made. Like they weren't even sitting down with the Writers Guild. The Screen Artists Guild then did that letter, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, where three hundred plus actors had signed it saying they would strike to try and put pressure on. Um studios still didn't listen. So here we are. Now we're gonna have 300 plus actors if like probably way over that that like yeah, all um, gonna go on strike yeah i mean let's see how many um how many actors are signed up for the sag how many members does the sag after have where's it gone there it is oh my god google work <laughs> with me here But it's going to be a lot. Um, would you like to know how many they... Uh, go on, actually, give me an estimate of how many actors you think they represent. That union represents. 4,000. 160,000. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This is huge. There, like... there, there will be... Because you've got to remember, this isn't... When you think of actors, you're going to think of your A-list. Yeah. This is bigger than that. And it's going to be this like gonna theatre be... and everything. There are going to be theatre shows that aren't going to be happening. There are going to be commercials for local oh, shit, TV yeah. networks that can't even happen. Yeah. You will, in, in two or three months' time, you are going to see adverts you've not seen for 10 years come back into circulation because they can't no, do know, it. It's time to change. Do you know what's going to happen with adverts? There'll be no celebrity in an advert or like unknown. Ad- we are going to get a wave of influencers put into adverts because that's the only people they can get to do it. And influencers are like, wait, you want me in an advert? Yeah. And. We're going to get a bunch of cheesy adverts with, like, influencers from TikTok and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not looking forward to that. Um, Okay, so, yeah. 100,000 plus actors. Like, obviously, just because 
the guild is striking doesn't necessarily mean that everyone has to choose to strike. I believe it does for this oh, union. Oh, okay. I, I believe when when this union strikes, everyone strikes. Otherwise, they like revoke their membership. Not in oh, like okay. a, you're with yeah, us no, or against yeah. us, but as a union, we collectively act as one and they take votes yeah. on what the action is. So it's yeah. like a, you can't you can't buy in to our union that's fighting and we all vote and decide what we're doing and then not support it. Um, yeah. I believe is the way it works. Um, and so like Deadpool 3 will stop filming. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else is in production at the minute. Loki season 2? Right now. Yeah, uh, that, that will already be done if it's coming out later this oh, year. Yeah, right true, it's coming out this year. But anything currently in production will have to stop. Any press junkets being done. So, like, they were probably getting ready to start press for Ahsoka in the next week or two. That, that won't oh, happen. Yeah. All press. Yeah, there's just going to be trailer runs now as there ads. We, we sit here basically every week. I mean, just look at the last four weeks. Mm. Every week we've had, like, Chris Hemsworth stuff, Idris Elba stuff, Tom Holland stuff, um, whoever else, uh, Florence Pugh stuff, uh, Jennifer Lawrence did Hot Ones. Hot yeah. ones won't happen. You won't have a hot ones episode with an actor. Well, in it, yeah, it's going to be YouTube stars. Yeah, actors only ever go on hot ones when they're promoting stuff. They won't yep. be doing that anymore. Yeah, no, that's true. There's it's, and it, this is the thing to to note about for like the people that don't understand, like they get maybe you get why the writers are striking because they're not being paid great, but then you're thinking like. Oh, why? Like, why is Ryan Reynolds and stuff striking? They're paid loads. Like, this isn't necessarily like as we just said. The Screen Actors Guild represents over a hundred thousand actors and actresses. Yeah. Like, this isn't about the top two percent of who are making like their money and they're fine. They're striking on behalf of like the ones that are new actors just coming out of like school, um, have gotten into the screen artists guild they've maybe done one or two commercials and stuff but they're struggling to like make money this is literally about making sure that they're all there's a fair baseline that everyone enters into on and there's none of this like you're new you're gonna get absolutely taken a run for because you haven't got anything under your belt so you don't worth anything it's to yeah, stop I stuff mean, like that what what matt damon said Yes. is we got to hold strong until we get a deal that's fair for working actors. It's the difference between having health care and not for a lot of actors. Because you've got to remember, by being part of the union, by doing X amount of gigs, they've then got health insurance provided by the union. Mm-hmm. Which is actually a bit in um, Friends, when Joey gets a hernia. Yes. He's got a hernia and he has to go and get an acting job while he's got his hernia so that his health insurance renews so that he can get his hernia yep. treated. Yep. When that is a butt of a joke 20 years ago, it shouldn't still be happening. Exactly. It shouldn't still and, be a and worry. And that is the kind of thing that could genuinely be happening for some actors, where they're ill, beaten to fuck, and they have to come and get a job just so they can mm-hmm. get their health insurance. Um, so this is big, but this isn't just like film actors. This is TV as well. Yeah. If, if there is two months, three months four months of no production because there's no writers and no actors in a year's time what do you think happens to tv well any any like u.s rolling like soap or any like t like tv series that's like on a rolling series thing that are filmed literally like 
a month before the ep- like those episodes are like filmed like a month within it coming out and stuff like that. Those shows are going to grind to a halt. Um, when are the Emmys? I know uh, nominations came out today. Wasn't it? Was it? Was it not? Literally the other. No, no. The nominations have been announced today. Um, September eighteenth. I'm not sure if the actors will be able to attend that. They probably won't be able to. So that's going to be a pretty empty. Do you know what? There's, can't have empty seats. There's just going to be a load of fake staff sat in the tables to make it look I, full. I, I genuinely don't know if because of the strike they'll. I, probably not because it's classed as like. Um, it's like a press thing essentially. It's like a uh, red carpet event. Like a, it's like any of that stuff. Will S O G strike affect Emmys? Affect Emmys. Quite possibly, and if it does, it's also likely to impact the Emmys. Yeah, yeah. because they're going to be there representing the project they've worked on. Mm-hmm. They're not allowed. It's do it's doing press for the project essentially. That oh my. So the Emmys, the Emmys might get just cancelled as an event, and they just announce the winners. I I know we probably pay more attention to this than the average person. Yeah, but I don't even think we fully understand the scope of how much. Do you know something else I'm thinking? We we sort of mentioned it with Spider Man too, but like, there could be a lot of video games that have issues now. Video games that are in development might get delayed. Like, for example, Cyberpunk that's coming out. Obviously, this is already done, but the Cyberpunk's coming out. It's got Idris Elba. It's got um, Keanu Reeves. Had this been in production, they might not have been able to do voice acting and stuff. Like, stuff would have got. Like, things where these games now, which are leaning into having, like, bigger name actors and their likeness in games and their, their voice acting, all those those sort of things are going to, like, grind to a halt because they can't record. Okay, one second. So, back in 2017, mm. there was a, another SAG strike in relation to video game company stuff. Right. So, that might not be effective. It could be a separate area of that, that. That that might be a case of if you don't, but that doesn't mean that for, for instance, Spider Man Two, which is being done by Sony, which is video games and films, that Yuri Lothenthal might not take part in that because of the yeah. connotation there. That is where it's going to get really techy and finicky, and I don't quite know how that works. Yeah, I, I, the, this this is where we don't know. But, I mean, even just looking at what some executives have said about the WGA strikes, which have been going on for a while now, one, um, I believe it was uh, Bob Eigner, was quoted as saying, yeah. studios plan on waiting for writers to be broke and defaulting on their mortgages, losing their homes before entering negotiations again. Which is just, like, it's wild that these CEOs at the top of the studios quite, like, comfortably have that stance and opinion and think that's like an okay stance to take on this and think that like they're in the right because they're, they're confidently saying that in a way of like oh yeah we're more than happy to wait till that like this will all be over like they're, they're doing the wrong thing worth 165 billion yeah do you not see what bob Iger takes as a bonus each year no. it's fucking ridiculous um let me re-look that up 
bonus. Annual salary and bonus. Uh, his annual base salary of one million, um, with long-term incentives to reach twenty-five million. Um, I can't remember what his bonus was. I'll have to try and find it. But his bonus was nuts on its own. Um, and yeah, it's like. What, like, oh, that was it. He can get a performance-based bonus that's equal to 100% of his annual salary. So a bonus of up to 25 million a year. Which... Just just, just so we can be fucking clear here, yeah? Disney are estimated to profit $20 million a day just from Disney World. Just from Disney World. Also... Pay your writers, pay your fucking actors, stop being cheap. And it's not just Disney. That's just the easiest no, no. way to point. Well, and but Bob Iger's just been the one that's... Like, yeah, it's all the, of these The studios. point as well is, is, like, the guys at the top here, like Bob Iger and stuff, let's just make this clear. They're not writing any shows. They're not come, sat in a boardroom coming up with ideas. They're just sat there at the top taking the... Like, don't get me wrong. I'm sure they do a lot in the management of the no, business. No, 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 no. What, no, no C-suite position does dickle and you will never convince me otherwise. Management of people that run the business. He does something. He must do something on a day-to-day. Whether it's useful or not is another question. But, like, he contributes nothing to, like, what we experience from Disney. And it's like he's getting wild. And he has these wild... No, no. no. Actually, I'm going to give him some credit here. He He does contribute to what we experience. He contributes to us experiencing the anger right now, but then (laughs) refusing to give creative people what they deserve. That's what he contributes. Do you know what's f- funny though? It's like they were. Qu- I feel like they were quietly confident with like like what we said. They're happy for writers to go broke and default on mortgages and stuff because they think ah, uh, they don't see the worth in the writers. At the end of the day, like things were still moving on. They were watching productions continue without writers. They're thinking, ah, oh, it's fine. This is all. Now that actors are stepping away, like we were saying before we we started recording, like all this takes now is. A, one of the Hollywood Guild, like unions for like production studios or like the production side of things, if they join in as well, every single film, TV will like grind to a halt. And it's just like, at that point, they have to listen. Otherwise, like their businesses just stop, like their business just stops. And it's like, no, like at the end of the day, that's when the money will talk. And it's like, they're going to realize, well, shit, we've got to do something because we can't have all these productions on standstill. Um, so to, to, to just put in perspective how fucked over actors are getting by studios and streaming services as well as writers, yeah? Mm-hmm. Several actors say Netflix CEO Ted Saradons boasted at a party about how many more people watched Orange is the New Black than Game of Thrones. Game of fucking Thrones. He was boasting that more people were watching Orange is the New Black this made one cast question why their residual pay was so low. I only get $20. Yeah. Their so, residual check was $20 while the CEO is boasting that their show is being watched more than Game of Motherfucking Thrones, which was at the time the biggest show that has ever existed. So here's the thing with like the, the issue that Netflix is causing. When shows will get on tv and if they would get rerun every rerun or anything would get there was a set baseline price that tv had to pay 
and these writers will get a decent enough obviously now this is like probably below what they would want but like they were getting decent enough checks from tv and stuff like that from reruns or anything like because tv has to pay a certain fee streaming doesn't include in that and it's like streaming it's like you get a residual like tiny amount for every watch and it's like doesn't matter how long it's on the streaming site for doesn't uh, these writers get fuck all like once it goes onto streaming like they're basically getting pennies in the wind like it's, it's nothing there for them and it's causing this bigger issue especially because like something we talked about weeks ago and a couple of weeks back now and we'll probably go on to the news again it's like the amount of films going straight to digital the amount of show like everything's going streaming and it's like it is killing cinema and, and and the other big thing that i found out today as well is that a lot of these projects that are getting cancelled last minute like batwoman mm. um are just to make tax cuts so they get a tax rebate or whatever after spending the money on the project and it making no money so if they last minute think this is not going to make any money, yeah, just scrap the it. TV show, or whatever, they'll scrap it, and the tax that break they get ends up being worth more than if they'd released it. Plus, they don't have to pay any residuals ever. But also, you're seeing stuff get taken off of streaming services, which is reducing residuals even further. Yeah. So one writer wrote an episode for a show on Disney Plus. I don't know what show it was that's got them nominated for Emmys. Mm-hmm. And that episode has now been taken off of Disney Plus, so that that writer can't even watch that episode or get money from that episode ever again. But it got Disney and uh, Emmy nominations. It's wild. There's stuff that came yeah. out on Disney that has been on there for only a few months and it's getting scrapped off this. It's yeah. like it's wild, and Let hopefully be creative. Hopefully with the Screen Actors Guild stepping in as well and striking. Hopefully that brings a big enough kind of spotlight now onto everything and puts way more pressure that these studios finally fucking listen. Um, And the next thing we need to do is make it so that studios stop bending over cinemas as well. Yeah. Because let's be completely clear here. What they've tried to do is they've realised how much more of a percentage they make for streaming stuff mm-hmm. because they don't have to pay actors or writers fair residuals for it. Mm-hmm. So then what do they do? They go, okay, so they're getting a better percentage from theatre. Because, I, I mean, we found out from Scarlett Johansson a couple of years ago, they were getting massive, massive bonuses based on cinema numbers mm. and nothing based on streaming numbers. So yep. then they were rushing it to streaming so people didn't go to the cinema. So you make more money from streaming, make nothing from cinema, and then you don't have to pay the actors their bonuses, which is where most of their money is hidden. Yeah. Um. So now they're trying to kill theatres so streaming's all that's left without giving these people new deals that give them better residuals so they can make even more money and just make that... Bra- and this is not the difference between Disney going bust or not. No. Let's be completely clear here. This isn't Disney like fighting for survival. This is Disney just trying to eke every penny they can out of all of the hard working margins. people who work on these productions. They're just it's like every big business where CEOs are getting multi-million dollar salaries. It's all about profit margin. They're all trying to eke as much profit out so they can raise their own salary and still be going to the board and going, "Look, we we're still making profit." Um, by the way, I've taken a 
200% pay increase this year. Uh, but I've still made us profit gone. There is no reason for any company to make profit. I slightly disagree because profit allows you to then raise salary on for staff. It stops if, being profit if, then. Well, it no. It just comes off rating costs for the next year. No, well, yeah, I mean, but like, you, you need... profit that gets no, paid no. out to you... shareholders who do that. Well, yeah, yeah, there needs to be a certain... I think there can be there should be certain profit because then it allows you to have a period of time where you can figure out like okay wages go up or we scale what i think there needs to be any quote unquote profit in the way you're talking in my head just becomes okay, yeah. operating costs for the yeah. foreseeable i mean there should be no money that can be taken out of the company to be given to people who a hundred years ago put a hundred dollars into the company well, here's the issue if you do that the no profit thing uh they'll just shove it into the ceo there needs to be i think there should like all businesses at the end of the day, there should be a top-end cap on what salary someone can earn from one business. Whether they those CEOs want to work around it and go like, oh, I'm a CEO for five businesses so I can get my salary that I want, fine. But like a single like registered business should have a maximum salary that they can provide, which would then, an, a maximum like dividends payout, that needs to be a thing. Because then it reduces, then it forces them to have to put their money back into their own businesses. I cannot wait for like 10 years' time when we're making money from this for this clip to resurface and everyone be like, show us your tax returns. I will, and I'll <laughs> go, I'm not even making enough for, to be taxed yeah. yet, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we, made, we made six pence last year, don't worry, we're not screwing anyone over. <laughs> yeah, it's fine because if we start making big money off this, then we'll just. We'll pick up all these shows that Netflix scraps <laughs> that we we'll love. We'll make our own streaming platform that makes literally zero pence. We'll register it as a charity because every penny we make just goes straight to infrastructure and whoever we're getting the content from. Don't yeah. give a fuck. I'm sick of it. Stop letting rich assholes become richer assholier people. Um, yeah. We, we're only here because of the creatives. Let's be completely honest. Yeah. We're not here because we love Disney. We're here because we love what these actors we and love writers... The shows. Yeah, and the content that's been put together coming all the way from the page of a comic book to a boardroom to a fucking set with Robert Downey Jr. saying, I am Iron Man. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's why we're here. Not because Bob Iger sat in his office wanking 24-7 because it's dick all else part of his job to do while raking in 25 million. I mean... I'm sick of it. And if, you doubt, if you're doubting us, uh, just go back and look at how often we've slated Marvel, Disney, DC, Warner Brothers, like all at Sony. We give them shit on the daily for all their mistakes and their bad decisions. Um, but when the, the actual content and the writers and the people like Dave Filoni, who's like re just rejuvenated star wars like we give them props where props is due because that's the shit we actually care about yeah. and let 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 the talented creatives be talented creatives stop holding them hostage with your dog shit payouts and i'm happy for us to have no content for this podcast for the next two months if it means that people get paid properly I, I I will go back and watch shows from the fucking sixties. Let's go let's go rewatch Doctor Who from episode one the day after you were born in the sixties. And we'll just we'll just review each of them all week. Bruh. Um right. 
There we go. That felt good. Oh, I love I love it when I get to go full burn it down. Oh. <laughs> um, other nerd news. Yes, uh, the, the rest of the news of the week. Yeah, th- this first bit is probably going to be the most common bit next week. Um, Shang Chi Two has been delayed. Yes. Um, due to things out of Shang Chi's control, it's been delayed yeah. because it was supposed to be coming out after Kang Dynasty. Apparently, was the uh, yeah. predicted running order of things. Obviously, we saw a couple of weeks back all the Marvel delays that happened, which then seemingly has shoved Shang Chi. Yeah. yeah, sounds like Shang Chi Two is well underway or well in the process of maybe starting, yeah. but then is now being told like now nah, it's been pushed back. Um. Glad though, I feel like this is the first solid news we've had about a confirmed Shang-Chi 2 though. Yeah, we got told there was one being worked on and that was it. Yeah, but I'm glad that like it is a thing and seemingly has a very set, like it's going to be in phase 6 or whatever. Uh, yeah. So, shame that we have to wait that long because I really like the first one. <laughs> yeah. Um... This bit of news coming up next, I shit you not, I saw that picture um, and I spent the next six hours, every time I saw it again on Twitter, just <laughs> nudging Jenna and going, I still can't believe this is real. So, I'm, of course, talking about the Deadpool 3 still of Ryan Reynolds in his Deadpool suit mm-hmm. and Hugh Jackman in so, the iconic yellow and well, this, blue. This came out in two parts, right? Because we saw, like, the week before... The just... low-res one. Well, we saw just Deadpool, yeah. Ryan Reynolds in the dead, the new Deadpool suit, of which you pinged it to me and was like, we're getting a comic accurate one. Everyone was very excited about that. And then literally this last week, we also got him and Hugh Jackman in his yellow Wolverine suit. Looks great. And they were like, everyone went wild for it. So they're like, oh yeah, here you go. Have a high res version. Yeah. Uh, there, there, there's some things that need to be discussed here. Okay. Um, there are, I think there's three main things I want to touch on. Right. The first one is vindication. I've been saying since day fucking one, comic book accurate shoots can absolutely work in live action. Mm-hmm. Stop being a dumbass, just work it out. Yeah. Just, Evidence. Just get, if you can get, make that blue and yellow look good in live action, guess fucking what? It's easy. Just do it. Grow up. Just get a good costume um, designer. Yeah, exactly. Just spend money on the creative people. Let them be yeah. creative. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, <laughs> number two, if I see one more person retroactively after we've spent the last twenty years saying how phenomenal Hugh Jackman is, complain that Hugh Jackman's too tall to play Wolverine, fucking shut up. You know nothing. What? We, Anyone we, that says Hugh, Hugh Jackman, Jackman? No, fuck off. We've had Hugh Jackman for twenty years. Yes, Logan is only supposed to be five foot three. Hugh Jackman's like six foot three. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, we like we've been happy with it this whole time. Be happy that he's coming back for Wolverine one last yes. time. Yes. Um and this one was a complaint for a little while and then people realized the reason why. In the comic accurate suit, he doesn't have sleeves. Yeah, I saw that. Um so people were a bit like I don't, I don't know why they've given him sleeves. The current theory is because of Hugh Jackman's history of skin cancer. Uh-huh. Um he has very fragile skin essentially. Yeah. Um and being out shooting in the sun a lot they want to protect him as much as possible so they've given him sleeves to protect him at which point once that news kind of broke everyone was like okay cool fair do you know what my theory in my head was like 
don't get me wrong, I'm sure Hugh Jackman has got back in shape for this. Oh yeah, no, there's a picture of him working out. But like massive. I was like, maybe he just was like. Well, it's also the thing of like they ch- they take comic accurate but change it. I was just like, I kind of just accepted the fact like oh, they've gone for sleeves. Yeah. Um. But yes, yeah, I'm. I'm I couldn't believe it. I li- I literally the, I, I I felt like I was six years old again. There's a few set shots of like. Hugh Jackman obviously holding Ryan Reynolds up on wires and different things. Like, there's obviously going to be some fun. I I hope, I just want, all I want from this film is Ryan Reynolds over Hugh Jackman slapping him awake. Just give me that moment and I'll be happy. The rest of the film could be shit and I'll be happy. Um, Yeah, I, I honestly, I, I was in disbelief when I saw that suit. I just felt like this flood of emotion, like, wow, this film's going to be... Because, like, the the Deadpool suit from 1 and 2 were really comic accurate, and they yeah. just dialed it up to 11. They've made the red redder, and they've changed his belt buckle to actually look like the Deadpool mask mm. instead of just kind of like the Deadpool mask. Yeah, they've kind of... They've toned down, like, the extra military-esque kind of aesthetic yeah. they had in the first one and the second... Like, They've kind of moved away from that and more into the comic accurate, which I'm totally for. Um, I cannot wait. There are rumours. There's a lot of cameos. That we're getting a cowl for the Wolverine oh. costume as well, with the big fins. Oh, that would be sick. There, there are some rumours floating about. Why do I feel like it's... Oh, it's so, it's so going to be like a Deadpool's got him a new suit, gives him the yellow, and he puts the whole thing on with the cowl, and he just goes... They both just in in unison just go. No, the cow's too much. The cow yeah. <laughs> like, make a joke about it it. It, it. it will not be there for long, clearly, because like I mean, we've all seen that. It, it's it would be so cumbersome. It's not worth yeah. it. But for a single still of seeing him fully in it, hundred percent worth it. Um, it would be great. Next, what is up with Marvel? <laughs> so let's just be clear. Um, we're talking about the Black Panther game that's been announced. Yes, we were talking. It must have only been three, maybe four months ago, about how Marvel have a very bad history with video games mm, yes. outside of Sony PlayStation games. Yep. Um, they just they they've never been able to get it right. They go for these weird cash grabs that never go well. They they've hit gold like once since the MCU with... came out with the Guardians of the Galaxy yep. game. Um, then we found out about a Captain America and Black Panther game set in World War II last E23. Yes. That looked promising. Mm-hmm. Then the rumours of a long-awaited Iron Man game last week, or two weeks ago, yeah. um, got confirmed to be true with the gentleman from Guardians of the Galaxy and someone yep. else working on that, um, which looks good. And now we're getting a third-person live-action story-based, no, not live-action, open-world story-based Black Panther game being made by EA's newest studio. Yeah. Wow. Now, I have a theory that the Black Panther game and the Black Panther and Captain America game are going to... I think they're both going to end up being by EA. Potentially. Uh, I think they'll tie in. I'm... All up for the Iron Man. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. It's by the same guy that did the Guardians game, so I have hoped that that will do well. Um, obviously, Spider Man. We we know that's going to be a Spider Man ain't gonna miss. Let's be honest. Um, I'm all for more games. I worry one because it's EA. Don't trust EA. 
Uh, I think they've learned from the Star Wars games that they should just let the studio mm. do their job. That's because Star Wars are more like stick to the fucking truth of what our games are, whereas Marvel's just like, oh, you want to slap Marvel into your game? Go ahead. Like, I worry that Marvel's too relaxed with, like, they just want it everywhere. They don't really care. Yeah. Um, I'm, so I'm, I'm hoping the fact they've moved away from, like, mobile games means they are starting to care. I'm choosing possibly. to be positive. I, I want it to be good. And I think Black Panther's a good... They're choosing characters that aren't, like, crazy superpowers, which I think is smart. Makes it easier to, like... Balance. Balance, yeah. Make, like, a... Like we've Iron always said, Man having a skill tree to unlock new abilities makes complete sense. Yeah, it's all technology. And to yeah. be honest, Black Panther, if they're going with like how the films are, it's all like Wakanda tech. Like it's going to be a similar thing. Um, obviously, strength and all that from being Black Panther. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm for it. We'll see. The proof will be. In I'm pudding. excited. Yeah. Um, and like the only problem is, if this only just been announced, they've I'm pretty sure they've done the thing I hate most in the entire world, which is announcing a game four years before it's going to be ready. Yeah, they probably. Um, that is the thing I hate most in the world. I think it should be illegal to announce a game with, with more than twelve months until it's released. From the date you announce it, you have twelve months to release that game. Otherwise, you get sued a hundred million dollars a day. Do you know what I think? you like studios should have to do it's sort of like what a lot of them do but don't announce it is when like job postings come up it's like untitled bungee game or untitled this just do that just be like ea can just be like untitled marvel game and it's like cool we know we're gonna get a marvel game in the next like four years just announce what it is near the time when it's ready to be and i know people were getting like really antsy about an update to spider-man 2 but we knew they were working on it. Yeah. And then we heard nothing until like a month and a half ago when they were like, okay, it'll be out in October. Yeah. And by the way, this is how good it looks. Yeah. Perfect. That's all I want. That's all I want. And like, I would have preferred it if they hadn't even shown that still like a year and a half before. Mm. If they'd have, like, I'd have preferred it if they'd, Spider Man Miles Morales would have come out, they'd have gone dead fucking silent. And Sh then. A month and a half ago, they've just gone. Here's a trailer for Spider-Man Two, and the internet loses its ever-loving shit. Do you know who the the worst culprit of like announcing too early is? Go on. Elder Scrolls Six. That that image that got shown. Never coming out. That image got shown, and it's still at that least game is never coming. No, they've said it's at least four years off. That game is never coming. It it will have been six if they stick to that four years. It'll have been six years since they showed the image of Elder Scrolls Six at E3. From when they, it's, it's the thing is, it's like everyone was so adamant of like, "Where's Elder Scrolls Six? We want Elder Scrolls Six. Clearly, they were working on um, Starfield or whatever, and they were just like, "Well, here you go. Here's an image that says it's it's there. It's on a whiteboard somewhere. Maybe we've set like one small team to start on it, um, just to shut people up. But then they've made it worse themselves." Do not announce a game until you are 12 months away from it being on my PC being loaded up. I don't want to hear. Yeah. I'm sick of it. Anyway, um, this is a more of a you thing to talk about. Yeah, so I'll, I put this... I'll intro it for you. Um, <laughs> over 100 VFX artists worked on the de-aging process of Harrison Ford. So, 
obviously the new Indiana Jones movie came out. I have not gone to see it yet. I have not gone to see it yet. I've heard good things. And one thing I heard is the de-aging that they've done was done like almost flawlessly. Because they have... I've heard it seems very good. They've used the um, ILM deepfake stuff that they've used in the Star Wars shows that they've been building out. Um, I put it in here because it's like we talked the a couple weeks ago about the AI intro on Secret Invasion. I know that the process with like de-aging, I've seen it done and like the deep faking and changing face, a lot of that is AI based. Um, people always are saying like, oh, AI is killing artist jobs, it's taking away. The fact that it still takes, like people need to realize just because AI is helping artists when used correctly, like, this still took 100-plus VFX artists to de-age Harrison Ford, even using AI tools and different things. Like, it's a good tool. Like, it's impressive. It's not taking away from jobs. I thought it was super cool to, like, the the amount of people that it took. Also, it makes sense that it was flawless. They have stacks of footage of Harrison Ford at different ages across uh, Indiana Jones, Star Wars, like they, they, they have everything there they need to make it work perfectly, and I might go and see it at some point. All the like interviews and stuff he's been doing recently have been great. Typical Harrison Ford really, energy. It's been really weird though because he's been a bit more emotional than normal. Yeah, I think people like Indiana Jones hits for him harder than like Han Solo did. Yeah. Star Wars was work, Indiana Jones was his uh, bread and butter. I think also because they've done it as like a with the de-aging and like going back and it's all like what I don't know what the story is exactly, but like tying it all it's like the end of an era. I think that's hitting for him. But yeah, I thought it was super interesting and the people that complain that AI is still ruining artist jobs, you're just wrong because yeah. this proves it. Once again, protect artists at all costs. Yes. Um... Now, the new Transformers film. Yes. So we talked. It's already on digital. Do you want to know even more interesting facts about this? So, a few weeks back, we talked about the point that films going on digital too quick is killing cinema. Yeah, and we're not going to see another billion dollar film. Do you know what's going to kill cinema even quicker? It's films coming out on digital when they're still in the cinema. You can still go to the cinema and watch Transformers, but I can go on Amazon and I can rent it. It's like what like okay we were at the stage of like films done in cinema immediately goes to digital fine we've kind of we've got to accept that that's as as bad as it is for the industry like it's just but like are we really at a new low now where it's like it's coming out on digital before the film's done being shown in the cinema like what i was okay with this during covid when restrictions were easing and you had people who were high risk who still needed to stay inside Mm-hmm. Once that ended, it could have ended. I love the cinema. I like, as much as sometimes you'll get the annoying fucker who doesn't shut up during the film, yeah. I love nothing more than sitting down, excited for a film, with me big-ass drink, me big-ass popcorn, and just feeling that anticipation in the cinema. Now mm-hmm. I go, it's me, Jenna, and a random stray dog. Oh, the amount of times I've gone, and there's like... When I went to see Flash... One guy walked in, and as he came in, and the adverts were starting, he's like, he looked around, and he went, 
oh, I guess it's just us then. <laughs> I laughed and I was like, yep. And he just sat down and a couple more filled in. But like, for the most part, like, it was like, but this is the thing. It's like the new Transformers we talked about when the trailer came out, like it looked interesting for a trans, like the more interesting one in a while from Transformers. I maybe would have considered if I was like free. I was like, oh, maybe I would have gone to sit. Well, I don't need to now. Just wait. Like, the, also wild. Don't come out on disc till October. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like, who's I... going to buy it on disc? It's been out on digital for several months. I, I know it was a different world, and I know it was the movie event of the decade. I went to see Avengers Endgame at midnight on a Friday, the day it came out. It was a midnight showing. That cinema was full. Mm. Midnight, the day of release, that cinema screen was full. There was no room. There was not a spare seat. It was the busiest I've ever... And yes, I get it was before COVID, which changed a lot. The world wasn't so fucked with inflation. There's a bit more money going about. I get all of them factors, I do. But there is no way in four or five years we should go from... Cinema absolutely rampacked for Avengers Endgame to Transformers going digital while still in the fucking cinema. Uh, yeah. It's like at that point, why, like, for things like Transformers, if you're going to do that, why have you, like, just put it straight on digital? Like, what's the fucking point? I honestly it's, think, um... and we're hope, like, both of us are hoping to do it, but, like, I actually think Open Oppenheimer might be the one film in, that might save cinema in some way at the moment if oppenheimer doesn't manage to hit a billion i, think I genuinely right. don't think we're going to see another billion dollar film for another 10 years i think oppenheimer will reignite the like what was cinema if that makes sense hopefully anyway but yeah suicide squad is getting an anime it is and you, it was shown or teased at Anime Con, which was like a couple of weeks ago, a week or so ago. It looks really cool. I've not seen anything from it yet. I've not been able to see that since I got back. Um, I'm down. A Suicide Squad group of characters in anime action style sounds like it works. The the bit of a clip that was shown, the style of it, visual like the visual style, looks great. We're getting like everything's obviously as in anime is a lot more exaggerated and like there's a lot more energy to things if that makes sense and it's like that kind of works really well for like harley quinn and joker these crazy like suicide squad characters like it's gonna be i think it's gonna be a really interesting mix of style like comic and anime comic yeah. characters and anime would be cool um sorry i've just seen a bit of breaking news here oh Hollywood Studios proposed scanning background actors using AI and paying them for one day's work as part of negotiation with the Actors Union. Studios would then be able to use the scan forever. Bruh. So yeah, this is why they're striking. Shit yeah. like that. They're um, trying... Anyway. <laughs> god, that's, that's, oh my god. That's wild. Um, more Superman Lexi castings have happened. Yes. I'm liking it. Um, um Dave Fillion. No, no, not Dave Fillion. 
Oh my god, I'm forgetting his first name as well. Yeah, uh, uh, me saying the wrong name has fully balked me here. Un momento. It was in a tweet, I think, you wasn't it? Nathan. Was it Nathan? Thank you, Nathan Fillion. Jesus Christ. Um, has been cast as Guy Gardner. Um, mm. I think he can do the role justice. But I'm not sure if he's a good casting long term. I wish he was 20 years younger. I get you. Because Nathan Fillion is 52 years old. <laughs> Which... Because we're getting a new Green Lantern show. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. That's That's been very quiet for a while. All we know is it's still being worked on. And it's going to be part of DCU. I'm wondering if his Green Lantern character is going to pass on to like maybe something in that show. I know. It just seems really weird for Guy Gardner to be so old. Because like, he's always been a similar age to... Um... Hal Jordan and John Stewart. Uh-huh. So for him to be so old is really weird, but you definitely can't have three Green Lanterns all in their 50s. <laughs> no. You just can't have it. Sat around the old um, people's home. Yeah. It's just what you want a, you want a universe that's going to last five Yeah, years I'm wondering if maybe he's going to be there. Because like, this is for Superman Legacy as well, so maybe he's going to be yeah. some more of a mentor figure and pass on. I really fucking hope not. Guy Gardner is not a mentor for Superman. Oh, okay, I don't know then. Guy Gardner is the all cops are bastards Green Lantern. He is right. bright orange hair. He is an arsehole. No one likes him. Batman maybe, hates him. Maybe Superman ends up putting heads with him. Well, I mean, all we know is that in this universe, heroes already exist. Superman's yeah. been Superman for a little while. The way... um. Because people are concerned that this is just going to become a glorified Justice League film. Um, and James Gunn's response to that is, this film is about Superman and Lois. Mm -hmm. You can't look at Superman's life without looking at his Daily Planet co-workers yeah. and his Justice League co-workers. Yeah. Or his superhero co-workers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I imagine these aren't going to be massive, massive roles. It's just he's going to have interaction with other superheroes who are operating. Yeah, I guess it's also him learning, like, his, how other superheroes are operating and, like, figuring out where he wants to stand on things. Exactly. Interesting. Um, Isabel Mercedes, I think I fucked that pronunciation. It's fine. Um, has been cast as Hawk Girl. Mm. I like it. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I don't, I don't know a lot about her work. Um, but she looks how I'd expect um, Hawk Girl to look. She's definitely, I was about to say she's definitely on the younger side. I mean, she's 22. She was born in 2001. Um, wait, did she play Dora in that god-awful god live-action Dora the Explorer film? It looks like it. Okay, she was so in one of the older Transformers. But, I mean, I, I don't dislike the casting at all. I think she can do a good job. Um, yeah. And she is young enough to be around for a long time. Yep. Then we have Eddie Gatiki as Mr. Terrific, which is why we uh, covered that him. profile yep. earlier. Um, interestingly, 
he is comic book Twitter's favorite gotya. So there's this kind of moment that everyone has when they go from watching superhero me- media mm. to um, reading comics. Yeah. So he played. Um, <sighs> brain not working. In X Men First Class, he played. Oh. Forget the character's name. Darwin. Yes. In the comics, Darwin's entire thing is he cannot die. Mm. To the point where he has become death before so that he wouldn't die. Yeah, everyone was like he was missing. And then and then first class killed him off pretty yeah. fucking quickly. So like there's this moment that a lot of people end up tweeting, they're like, wait, this guy can't die, they just killed him off. What the fuck? Um that's kind of become a meme to this point. So he got cast as Mr. Terrific, and that meme just came back to life instantly. It's like, never forget. Um, I like him. Um, I, I don't know why when I think of Mr. Terrific, I imagine a bit more muscle. He can't be huge purely because he's supposed to be like an Olympic decathlete. And if you look at a man, uh, gold medal male decathlete. Yeah, they're not going to be jacked. They they need to be slim enough for certain things, but he's just a touch too slim. Yeah, but we we all know that. I don't think he needs the full. I I don't think he needs the full steroids. Maybe just a half dose. Just for breakfast. Um, But I think I I, again I really like that cast, and I think he can do a really really good job of that. Um, and hopefully he gets like a couple of Mr. Terrific films or a series or something. Because I'm so down. Because you've got to remember, in um, James Gunn's plan, these actors will be the voice actors in any animated and video mm. game stuff as well. Yes. Um, And then Anthony Carrigan, who yep. I know as Victor Saz from Gotham. Yes, that's where I know He's also been quite popular in a new show called Barry. Okay. Um, that's what I seem to see him being associated with on Twitter at the minute. Um, has been cast as Metamorpho, mm. um, who is another hero who can change a lot of his characteristics. So I don't know a lot about him. Maybe we'll cover him next week. Um, I like these castings. As long as they're not a huge part of this film, it's not going to be a problem. When James Gunn has been very upfront about the fact that we're not going into a universe like the MCU where no heroes exist yet, yeah. it's fine. The heroes have got to be about in the in the way James yeah. Gunn's telling his stories. So if Superman's having interactions with them, it's not the end of the world. I want this to feel like a comic book. I want it to feel like we're going into existing relationships and they have those little conversations. And then you get your Mr. Terrific show that goes off and discusses what he's been doing in between and and it all comes together nicely. And also the best bit about in comic book universes mm-hmm. you can not read the Mr. Terrific stuff, but yeah. then when Superman re-meets up with him, you'll have enough of an idea what's happened, based on their interaction. And yeah, you'll no. get told what you need to see if you're that desperate to have the full context. Yeah, and it also allows, like, some of these characters could maybe show up in some of the other projects, and it's like, we already, oh, that's so-and-so. Like, they don't have to necessarily be these big characters, but setting them up now in the first film helps just down the line with it. Gives James Gunn some like 
options. Exactly. Um, I don't even want to say his name again. The Disney CEO um, <laughs> has said they're going to reduce spending on Marvel and Star Wars. That makes complete sense. They're pouring too much money in and they're not getting an improvement in quality out of it. What's the fucking point? Here's the thing, though. It's like, Star Wars, I'm surprised by because it's been doing so well. Or at least, I suppose, we we see it's doing well. Marvel, I kind of feel like they're just, he's saying, oh, we're reducing spending. Well, yeah, on the books, it's going to look like we're reducing spending, but Marvel's already said they're slowing down on projects. So it's like, are you just hiding? Like, it just seems like very, you know, like, Marvel's already said they're not doing as many projects, and now you're just trying to spin it as, oh, we're reducing spending. It's like, well, no, you're just not doing as many projects. It's not necessarily you're reducing spending. I think it's... a lot of money has been spunked away on stupid stuff. I think they need to go back to a slightly stricter budget, making sure well, they're still paying talent fairly, of course. Do you know um, what I think it also make is? It work. For, they they launched Disney Plus. So obviously their spending was going to be higher while they pushed this new streaming platform. Now the platform's been out for a couple of years or whatever. It's established. Like enough people like people know about Disney Plus, they have subscriptions. It's like you can reduce spending and to a point which like you want to maintain it's like anything with marketing a new product you pump a lot of money in at the beginning market it and then you can scale that back once people know about your product so i feel like that's just what they're doing they're just like they've finished doing their initial push on getting disney plus off the ground and they're scaling back their two biggest franchises because it's like they're going to slow spread out things more what i will say is iron man yeah had a hundred and forty million dollar budget all in mm. marketing everything. Now, like Ant Man Lost Quantumania was getting two hundred million just for the film, and it was reported they spent another two hundred million on marketing. I get inflation has happened in the last fifteen years. I'm not dumb, but where's that money going? Um, Super Bowl halftime adverts. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, no, they're, they're throwing it in places they probably don't need to be. Yeah. Um, just engage brain a little bit more, folks, and we will find a way out of this. And cutting back budgets does not mean pay writers and actors less. I mean, maybe pay actors less. Some, some of the actors are getting like 30 million for five films. They don't need to be paid that much. Um, but let's make sure everyone's still getting paid fairly. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, we got a new Ahsoka trailer. Yes, we did. Um, so in kind of slight news to this, I can confirm I'm now fully diving into Rebels. Oh, I'm near the end of the first season. No, no, I'm near the end of the first season. Um, okay. I've recently got past the episode where Ezra goes into the Jedi Temple um, and gets uh, to yeah. Crystal. That was peak Star Wars. Uh, hearing Master Yoda's voice had me in my hotel room while Jenna was having her afternoon snooze. I heard Yoda's voice and I literally went looking around <laughs> for someone to react with. I had AirPods in. No one yeah. else, even if they were there, would have been able to hear what I could hear. But I still like... <laughs> <laughs> you see why people like Rebels now. Yeah, it's, no, no. no. I'm, so I'm, I'm excited. Um, yeah, I'm very I'm, excited I'm, for the trailer. 
The trailer's got me so excited for the show. It looks good. It looks good. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure there's bits in there that I don't fully understand um, because I'm missing There's Rebels. bits in there which is like new information to people who have watched Rebels. Like, there's stuff they're touching on there that hasn't been seen or known about, I guess. So yeah, they... I know a lot of people were losing their mind because Sabine referred to Ahsoka as master. Yes. So I was like, oh, ugh. Yes. So there's um, obviously going to be a lot of explaining needed to be done to the fuck half, what, what the fuck's been going on there. But yeah, I'm very excited for it. Um, I'm just, I just want it now. I just want it now. Yes. It's going to be so good. Uh, no, I, I need it to wait, so I have to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I am I am very ready for it. Just just watch faster. Content championship time. Yes. Now I've got a feeling we're like already two hours in here. So we, we are. To, Bang on. We need to we need to probably speed run this a little bit. Oh, it's fine because I'm about to make you very mad. There's no way you have a strong opinion on this. You've not seen Breaking Bad, have you? I've seen some. And I have an opinion on Breaking Bad. Have you seen more than the first two seasons? No. Oh, you've got a dog shit opinion. I already know it. Oh, I just I I got bored. Which I've been told is a fair opinion because the first so, two seasons were quite slow. The first two seasons aged like fine wine. Hmm. But you have to get through them for them to age. I, I, I fully get it. The first time I tried to watch it, I did the exact same thing. And then like six months later, I forced myself to go back through it. Because so I was like, no, Connor. Because my brain could see the strings being pulled. But you know what I'm like? I get distracted by something new and shiny, and then I forget to go back to it. I was like, no, fucking pound through this. And then once I got through it, I was like, and then like the next four seasons disappeared in like three days. I think it's also like how hyped people made that show, and I was just like, See, I can't here's, be the, here's the thing: by the time I got around to it, it had been out for like a few years, oh, so like, there wasn't even that much hype around it anymore. I was able to fully enjoy. That's why I didn't watch it originally. You know what I do? I don't watch stuff out of spite sometimes, um, and that's what I initially did with Breaking Bad. Oh. So, Mando versus Breaking Bad. Let's start with personal relevance. What we're going to say is up front, for anyone okay. who's watched both of these shows, this is going to be basically impossible. Um, so Mando, for me, brought me from just a Star Wars film fan, and I would describe myself as a casual Star Wars fan up until Mando. I think this podcast helped because mm -hmm. it made me need to watch more. But yeah. before that, I just enjoyed going. I enjoyed going to the cinema to watch a new Star Wars film. Fuck yeah, baby! Mm -hmm. um, and it really showed me the power of Filoni because this was the first thing of Filoni's mm. that I fully watched. Watched, um, and then I went back and watched the rest of Clone Wars and Break uh, Bad Batch and all the other bits and pieces mm. that came with that. Um, so it really opened me up to the wider Star Wars universe and increased my love for Star Wars. Um, Breaking Bad. I, w I was late to watch it, uh, so I watched it in a vacuum. There was no 
discussion on Twitter about yeah. it. There was no everyone waiting for the new episode. It had been a way long enough that people weren't constantly going, "Oh, have you not seen Baking Bad? Oh, you've got to watch it." Um, I just decided to watch it, and it still blew my mind, even without having anyone there to watch it with. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. like sometimes watching a show as it comes out with the internet just elevates the whole experience. Yeah, I get you. It, this show, this show blew my mind even without the internet there to like roll the hype up for me. Um, Breaking Bad, as we've just previously touched on, I I watched or I tried watching it a few years later due to people often saying, "Oh, Breaking Bad's amazing. You should watch it. You should find a time to watch it." Like everyone saying it's just an amazing show. I don't even think I actually finished the second season. I think I just got like it was for me. I just got bored. It was just I wasn't hooked on it, and then it's like I was like, ah, oh, this this maybe it, people said to me, oh, well, yeah, the first two seasons are rough. You just gotta get through. I'm like, I can't be that. I I have no tie to Breaking Bad because it's just like, and maybe this is a little bit of spite. I was just like, I don't care enough to actually go watch this. Wait, you didn't watch the last episode of season two? You don't think? I don't think so. That would have been the bit that would have grabbed you. I've just Googled what that episode is. That would have been the moment you were like, oh, shit. Oh, fuck. You were like, you were like, I don't maybe know how 120 far. minutes away from that show having you by the balls. Well, should have been better. Uh, See, here's the thing. I, I do fully get that. And while I was watching it, I was the exact same. But it, it, it does the more traditional thing of laying groundwork. Like, Breaking Bad would not have got to a third season today because it would have been cancelled after the first one. But Breaking Bad is a perfect use case for why you shouldn't jump the gun and sometimes mm. you've got to let a story be a story. Because they get also that. didn't go on for longer than they had to in 15 seasons. They were yeah, like, true. six seasons, that's all you're getting. This is point A, this is point B. Let us get there. And they just went, fine. Uh... But yeah, so I haven't seen all of it. I gave up. Mando, I mean, I've always been a fan of Star Wars. I've watched Clone Wars. I've watched Rebels and all that. Mando was just like the step into live action TV. And I mean, Dave Filoni is amazing. So I knew like it was going to be great. And it was just like, it really did open the door to all these other shows we've now had. And that's like, I was always so excited to get more Star Wars, especially in like a, we knew of Mandalore and all that, but like we never, it was a new area that we hadn't really got to see. So I was super excited for when all that coming out. And who doesn't like Baby Yoda? Like, Carrie uh, Sorry, the child or Grogu. Um, I don't care. I will always call it Baby Yoda. Um, how well has it aged? Now, even though I've not seen all of Breaking Bad. Going off one your reaction to me not seeing it, and what everyone has always told me is like it was an amazing show by the end of it. The first two seasons were rough, but in general the whole thing aged very well. And I think the whole show has aged like five one when people still talk about it. Yeah. And its spin off, Better Call Saul. Yeah. He's also seen as one of the greatest shows of all time. Like when your show is so big that its spin-off is also huge, I think that says a lot. Um, Mando 
I mean, it was well loved when it came out, and I think it's, it still is. The only thing I can say in like how it's aged is it has allowed, it's opened the door to all these extra shows and new avenues of Star Wars that yeah. we, to be honest, we were in a very Star Wars drought. We were in a Star Wars drought. The Disney trilogy wasn't great, and then it's like this is just kind of reignited everyone's love for Star it, Wars. It was a sh- it was a shining light in a very dark spot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I kind of I mimic that idea. It was still very it's still very young to say how well it's aged, yeah. but it has allowed this additional felony content um in this time period to come through, bringing us Ahsoka, um and all the other stuff that Andor, comes along with well, that the, Andor and the film show. that we've got and or all of that stuff has been allowed to happen because of the success of Mando. Yeah. Rewatchability. So I'm really upset because the thing I've written for rewatchability is going to mean nothing to you. Oh, actually, it might. It might still mean something to you, but it Go probably on. won't. Go I on. just wrote, I am the danger. So I know that. Yeah, that that is. I think. Am, am I ballsy enough to say this? Yes, I am. That is the greatest soliloquy in TV history. Fair. No, I know that scene. I've seen the clip, like I can't avoid it. It is, it is just. Do you know what I think is a like partly as well the reason is why I struggle to get past season two is like I knew of all the things that were like later down the line, like the big moments. It's like this doesn't feel like it's getting anywhere, and I got like I was just like I'm waiting too long for these moments that I'm kind of like one like waiting to get context on. I'll, I'll be honest. I was concerned about the pacing. I was like, is this just going to start going at a million miles an hour and not pay any? But it never does. At no point do you find yourself going, right, we're making massive jumps here. We're missing something. Yeah, it actually, I don't know. Maybe I need to do a deep dive on Breaking Bad at some point. You should You should watch it, though. And I, I hope my opinion of it holds enough weight for you to go, okay, maybe maybe I can look past just the hype and trust you. You know, like you have with um, the boys I was and Invincible say, there's, and there's everything else and Suicide Squad. Whoa, Invincible's a new <laughs> suggestion. Um, in, I, I assumed you had taste and you'd watched it. It's been out since like 2018, lad. I mean, all I need to say is the boys, and that I'm, kind of sums I'm still up. Still fuming. Um, Mando. Invincible. It's one of the like I if I was doing a Star Wars. I probably would re- I have I, like I feel like with Star Wars, you have to watch it in eras. Now there's so much. Yeah, it's like I would happily like sit down and rewatch like the Mando in like once or so because like, Mando into Ahsoka that like that period. Um, because it's a TV show. If I was to sit down though and watch any so like I'm gonna pick a film first. So it's like. That's fair. I think Mando is crazy rewatchable, but like you said, it is very much about the era you like. Yeah. If you're like a post Empire era kind of dude, which I am, I like that era. Mm-hmm. It's pretty peak. I cannot wait for a couple of films to be set in that era and really give me like plenty to choose from. Yeah, I think once we've got Ahsoka and like the Mando film at the end of it all, like I think. It'll make it higher on the list of rewatchability. Fair enough. Um, okay, story time. I think peak Star Wars. Yeah, it's it's peak Star Wars. It was very, like, it was a very strong opening story for that Mando character. 
of him being like this wild west sort of character mysterious child that he's trying to say like and gets hooked emotional attachment like it was very much peak star wars without lightsabers though but still which is what i always wanted which is just still so enjoyable and honestly it was like everything it needed like it never kind of stretched itself into a uh, that felt like too much or like they they never lent on yes they lent on grogu or baby yoda as he was known in season one but like the show very much st has stayed true to it is a mandalorian show 100 percent. um so i think that's great breaking bad i mean i've heard that like the story gets amazing <laughs> breaking bad might have some of the most impressive and well-written character development in the history of storytelling i have never seen a character develop so smoothly across six seasons of a television show less than 60 episodes they managed to pull off a complete 180 of a character without you ever going that was where it happened right there it's so smooth i'm not um, like i've heard and it's many not just good one things. character they do it with they give these massive character changes to most of the cast smooth mm -hmm. as butter which is just so impressive um the the story and the writing are just phenomenal well yeah there's a reason everyone loved it so much it also has the greatest bottle episode of all time okay fun fact for you <laughs> I'll f i know fight uh, that is one of the points i'll fight anyone on the flies greatest bottle episode of all time um acting um, I Go on. For Mando, I've put it's mainly voice acting for Pedro Pascal at this point. Um, however, the voice acting and the puppetry for Grogu, both very good, and it's solid acting all round. There's there's no like, oh my god, I know it's a TV show, but give this man an Oscar. But mm. at no point are you going, oh that was a bit goofy. I would say for Mando that like, well yes, I it's mainly voice acting now. Like, there's less and less in-suit that Pedro Pascal does. Um, but, like, to be honest, he, in those, like, season one when he was still doing quite a bit of it, I think he did an excellent job. It's, it's like, it's not easy acting with a helmet on and showing emotion. And he did an excellent job of getting that acting portrayed, even though his face was completely covered. And I think... I want to know, the only other time I've been so impressed with an actor who's not got the full ability of their face for a lot of the roles yeah. andrew garfield's spider-man yes spider-man with 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 the, with the mask on mm -hmm. is so much better than both tom holland and toby Maguire. Um, and, it, and it's so difficult to do it's why in so many superhero films in the third act the mask comes off yeah it's so you can get that full range of mo emotion um and they've managed to keep the helmet on Mando for a lot more than you'd expect yeah. with some of the emotion they deal with. Um, and obviously, the like you said, the puppeteering and all the other characters that come along, like I think all do great jobs with their acting. Um, Breaking Bad is peak, though. Yeah. I I mean, how many, how many Emmys did Brian Cranston win for Breaking Bad? They did six seasons. 
Well, that's the thing. Like, it's defined him now as an actor. Um, how many how many acting Emmys did Breaking Bad win? Sixteen. It won sixteen acting Emmys in six seasons. That's fucking crazy. Oh, mm-hmm. like I won't. There's no denying. Like, oh, yeah, no, but I can't convince you the acting's good just on my opinion. I need like I metrics for you to understand no. how well received. And I mean, was. let's be honest. Like, he has become pretty much defined by that role now, which, which is just crazy when you consider shows... how many other great roles he's had. Yeah, exactly, and it's like shows how well he portrayed that character so well, you, do you know what the crazy thing is and like people of our generation don't realize this as much he was a comedy actor mm-hmm. exclusively before breaking bad yeah and he changed he everyone's was, perspective he decided he was going to stop doing malcolm in the middle mm-hmm. because he wanted to get serious he didn't find any work for six months he was about to go back crawling and go do you still want to do another series of malcolm in the middle when he got offered the role for breaking bad changed trajectory of everything <laughs> so yeah um, you can't deny that some of the greatest actors if 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 for nothing else i love breaking bad for showing us how good an actor brian cranston is outside of his pure comedy talent mm-hmm. um cinematography Ba-da-da-da-da. i would say mando paved the way of the virtual set yeah what they've uh, been able to do with that has like kind of revolutionized cinema in a way so um, what i said was it's very good it's very pretty they literally created a whole new system with the virtual set that had never been used before to achieve their goals mm-hmm. and it all works so well it holds up it looks good it is the most consistently reliable show on disney plus for the quality of the visuals yes breaking bad it's not pretty in the traditional sense of what we normally talk about cinematography mm-hmm. but in the more traditional sense of cinematography like the way they position shots yeah and the lighting and stuff like that is some of the best i've seen in tv and actually noticed so like the color palette isn't mm-hmm. always that good but they're very deliberate with the way they shoot their scenes. Yeah. And it's one of the few TV shows that don't feel like they've just got generic camera angles. Yeah. And no, when, no. and like they, they think about the shot a lot more. Breaking Bad definitely stepped up the quality of like a, what you expect from a TV show to yes. be more cinema-esque. I think it's tough. It's like, like we said, Mando does an excellent job of is pushed forwards with the virtual set and the product like of what is possible and then not doing what some studios do have done in years like mcu just go full blue screen like they've they've found a very great balance of practical and vfx which and is think, what star wars's bread and butter is yes it's and, not star wars if it doesn't find that balance and they've done an amazing job with that and i think like you say also with breaking bad even though i've not seen it like i can't from what i things i've seen on the internet and stuff like yeah like it was shot incredibly so um overall i cannot in good conscience say mando deserves to go through ahead of breaking bad i cannot i love mando um and i'm not, i'm not a big believer in oh because it's a nerdy thing it's inherently worse <laughs> but 
Breaking Bad is something else. If I was going personally off what I've experienced, obviously I'm going to go Mando. I haven't seen Breaking Bad, even though I know enough about it and I've like, yes, but like I would lean Mando because I have more there. But going off what I've seen and knowing like the where it the even though I haven't enjoyed it, I know like how well held Breaking Bad is. Like, yeah, it makes like there's no way that it that is worse than Mando. I guess I would implore you to give it one more chance. Maybe one day. We'll see. Just just headbutt through them first two seasons. I've, I've, I've looked at what the cliffhanger was at the end of the second season. After you see that, you will be locked the fucking. We'll see. Um, but you've got a lot more pressing stuff than that. I was going to say, watched. you have other things you'd rather I'd watch first. Yeah, you, you, you like to every week sit here on your high horse about I need to finish Rebels. I've, I've been, got my eye on you. I'm surprised it's taken you this long of me pressing well, no, you to. Because I am, I am aware that I do need to watch Rebels. Here's I'm the like, thing: yeah, no, you're right, and I just move on. You'll be doing the exact same back to me when the new season of The Boys is on the horizon, and you're like, "Well, you need to fucking hurry up and watch it. We're not yeah, doing I'm, another. I'm, We're not, not sitting here again. The season of The Boys with you not having a fucking clue what's going. On. <laughs> do you know what's funny? I haven't even watched The Boys, and I have more knowledge of that season than the any of it because <laughs> you yeah. explained like everything that was going on it's funny um but yeah i think but you yeah. have to put breaking bad through just out of yeah i mean there's no there's, i don't think tonight. anyone can deny that no um, unfortunately the mondo has to drop here but yeah i mean i must have put breaking bad in because it only been you no, um, it wouldn't have been. But I think it. I think it says how highly I view Mando that I thought that was a fair fight. I mean, they're both are great shows in their own areas. Yeah. Can we go back to the shit offs like um, X Men versus Batman ninety seven, please? Yeah, we need some that, shit shows. That didn't hurt my heart as much. <laughs> oh. So next week we'll be debating Return of the Jedi versus the Batman. <laughs> uh, that's it from us this week ladies and gentlemen <laughs> um, don't forget to like don't forget to subscribe if you've got this far you better like you better subscribe yeah. comment down below Horry is uncultured so that we know you got this far um, and I will see uh, we will see you next week unless we're striking unless we're striking yeah if if literally nothing happens, we might just turn up and go, hello, there is no news. <laughs> Enjoy the episode. It's just two hours of the word strike. Oh, no, we'll, we'll, have se- we'll have secret invasion. We'll True. Have secret invasion, if nothing else. Yeah, we would. Um, yeah. Anyway, will... that'll be it from us, and we'll catch you later. Yeah, we'll see you next week.